One minute to midnight One minute to go One minute to say goodbye Before we say hello Let's start the new year right Twelve o'clock tonight When they dim the light Let's begin it has been a great year in Anderson, everybody, and welcome to the Anderson Observer Podcast. News for people you trust for December 31st, 2015 is our last podcast of the year. I hope you had a great 2015 and have plans for an even better 2016. Real quickly, as we launch in here, I want to talk about 2015 by the numbers. First, 84 million plus 216. 84 million is the amount of new investment by TTI. Uh, this building out there, their new facility out on the corner of South Carolina 81 and I-85, and 216 is the number of new jobs they're bringing to the area. Three million is the number of readers that visited the Anderson Observer website this year. 144,000 is the number of meals delivered by Meals on Wheels of Anderson this year, which continues to deliver five days a week and leaves them weekend meals to more than 600 uh, senior citizens in Anderson every day. 7,500 is the number of families AIM provided groceries for this year. That is only a small part of what AIM does, so that's a huge number just for the grocery part. 5,000 is the number of meals served by the Haven of Rest for their combined Thanksgiving and Christmas uh, community extravaganzas or festivals they have there for the folks in the community in need. And also, a lot of volunteers come in to help that. A big shout-out First Presbyterian Church for joining in that effort over the last few years. 5,000 also the number of people who have ice skated in downtown Anderson's Wren Park so far. They're open through January, so uh, the middle of January, so you can still get out and skate them if you have it. 25 is the number of years AIM has served Anderson and continues to do so in such an amazing fashion. Fortunate to have them here. 10 is the percentage of raises that law enforcement veterans got in Anderson County this year in the new budget and also uh, higher wages for the folks coming in. That also included a 10% raise for the folks not only who carry guns and badges, but folks in dispatch. Well-deserved. Uh, they've worked really hard a long time and not been paid up to what the rest of the uh, their colleagues around the state have made. So now they are. They're better paid, or at least in the middle in some cases, but most cases more. Three is the number of days of the music festival, the first annual Bluegrass Festival out at the Anderson Civic Center over Halloween weekend. Big success. Some of the top bluegrass folks in the country, really most of the top bluegrass folks in the country were at that event. Uh, so you couldn't beat a three-day festival. Hope it'll become an annual event. Looks like that's where it's headed. And one is the number of days left in 2015 as we record this. It is New Year's Eve 2015, and it has been a great year in Anderson. I want to welcome everybody to the Anderson Observer Podcast to get news from people you trust. And I hope your year is going to be a great one. This week, we're going to look at some of the key events that have happened in 2015. I talked to Anderson County Administrator Rusty Burns about his ideas on what he thinks some of the most important things that happened in the county. And I also talked to my former show co-host of the morning show with Greg and Allie at WRX that is no more. May it rest in peace about some of what happened at the show, at the station. A lot of people have asked questions, and we've never really had a chance to deal with that on the air, and we dealt with it here and as part of this Anderson Observer podcast today. I want to start by giving a huge uh, amount of praise to two of the heroes that left their mark on Anderson in 2015 in law enforcement. One is a happy tale of how preparation and quick action and decision paid off, and the other one is a tale of sacrifice. Both are great stories. Both are heroes. 
The first is Anderson County Deputy Sean Davis, who saved a student from choking to death at Lakeside Middle School earlier this year. Uh, Davis said he'd been well-trained for such situations, and he was more than a little modest about the instance. You can go back and listen to the interview with him. He really, uh, I don't think, uh, completely digested how what a big deal it was to save somebody's life. The parents, I'm sure, really uh, are ecstatic about what Davis did, and not not only that he was trained to do that job, but he took action quickly and effectively and, and efficiently and knew how to do it. So I want to say good job to you, Sean. And also Anderson County's K-9 officer, Heiko, who leapt into action when his partner, Anderson County Sheriff Deputy Brandon Surratt was attacked during an alleged carjacking, which turned out later to be a mess uh, beyond that. And Heiko was shot and killed protecting his partner. He's one of the, Heiko was one of the top 12 canine officers in the country. Heiko was honored with full honors, uh, a full honor service as was appropriate. His death also will not totally be in vain because it's prompted a bill in legislature to provide stiffer penalties for those who kill police dogs in the line of duty and also led to a huge fundraising effort to buy protective vests for all the canine animals. So we appreciate all they do, and we uh, appreciate the, those two heroes this year. This is also a good time to thank all the men and women who serve and protect our country every day, uh, our county every day. Um, when they leave home every morning, our law enforcement folks, they strap on a firearm and they hope they'll never have to use it, but they know they're putting their own lives in the line on the line to protect the lives of those of us from all the bad guys who are out there who would do us harm, and we appreciate all they do and are glad they did get the, the raise this year to help a little bit. One of the other great law enforcement stories of the year was that decision that county council made to include those substantial raises in the budget for all law enforcement officers and dispatch and more competitive starting salaries for uh, our best and brightest officers in the, that we can bring to the county. I, I know I've, I've said this like two or three times already, but it, it was one of the biggest stories of the year because it's going to be a game changer. We're going to be able to keep our experienced and good officers and bring in good ones that we were beginning to lose to other counties in droves because of low salaries. But because they made the budget work, they stepped up. And it took a lot of work to get this done, including the serious and emotional appeal by Sheriff John Skipper. Uh, who really came before county council and made a strong case for these raises. The Anderson Observer also lobbied long and loud for this to happen and for it to be included in the budget, not just to bring the salaries up, but to make sure the folks who've been here a while were rewarded for staying with us. So kudos to county council for making it happen in the budget, and they didn't have to raise taxes or anything else to do it. They just made it happen. I also want to say that some of the organizations who – we're bringing their own brand of heroism to Anderson County this year, greatly appreciated. Uh, AIM did celebrate its 25 years of work in our community with a celebration in November that reminded us of their important role of serving our neighbors in need and bringing people together to do that, and we really appreciate all that AIM continues to do and will continue to do in Anderson. We've, we've interviewed Christy many times here. You can go back and listen to some of the extensive uh, interviews I did on what they do. We also want to thank Meals on Wheels, who finished their 39th year of service in Anderson providing those hot meals to 600 elderly friends and neighbors that we have here in the county every day. Uh, like AIM, they can use volunteers. If you just got an hour or two a week, both those organizations would love to have you. I also want to thank the Haven Arrest. That now there are more than 50 years of ministry here in Anderson, and they continue to reach out to the men and women with nowhere else to go and give them a hand up to start over and have a more productive life from treatment of alcohol and drug addiction to job training. Uh, their work with uh, continues to fill a real need in our community. And they also had, did provide the 2,500 meals at Thanksgiving, many of which they had to deliver to shut-ins, and another 2,500 meals at Christmas, thanks to volunteers and thanks to the generous uh, donations of people in the community. 
Um, they do also provide bag lunches at various times throughout the year for folks on the street. So we appreciate the work they do and their own brand of heroism. And also the Cancer Association of Anderson closed out another year of serving patients and families facing the challenge of cancer with all manners of services from transportation to wigs and scarves. And I know they're looking for a new director. I interviewed Catherine Smith a few weeks ago on the podcast. You can go back and listen to that if you missed it. And I want to do. I want to personally thank Catherine for starting this organization nearly a decade ago. It's unusual for any community to have a resource like this, and we're blessed that they are here. There are so many others: Good Neighbor Cupboard, the Salvation Army, Hospice, that, that help make Anderson a better place by helping those in need, and really helping those who need help the most. So we do want to thank them. And a special appreciation also goes out to Foothill Alliance. Tracy Bowie and the small staff over there serve a very important and challenging role in our community by offering services to victims of abuse. They're the ones who get the calls from the hospital and law enforcement when abuse happens and have to provide counseling and a host of other services to help these victims of this horrible crime to begin the road to recovery. Appreciate all Tracy does. It's a thankless job and it's, it's a difficult job, and we do appreciate all Tracy and her staff do. These groups are obviously not the only ones doing a lot of great things in Anderson County. Um, That is one of the facts that makes this community so special, the number of people reaching out to help others and help their neighbors, and we appreciate that. I know this year a number of our area churches and other organizations have gotten very creative and aggressive in this area of helping others. Uh, Artists and Fellowship built a community garden over on G Street. Um, They hope to do more of those over on the Alphabet Streets. The South Main uh, Mercy Chapel with the cooperation of a number of other churches, including Boulevard, Concord, Grace Episcopal, and others, uh, open their doors to folks on the streets, and they provide ministry and food and hygiene items, plus a meal on Sunday after church and on Monday nights. Do great work there. I know New Spring provided backpacks uh, and school supplies for a number of schools and also new shoes for thousands of elementary school students in our area. First Baptist of Anderson continues their annual New Year's Day coat drive, helps so many children and adults stay warm in the winter. And Grace Episcopal continues to jump to the front of the line of charity by keeping the emergency soup kitchen open, serving Anderson's probably best meat and three in town five days a week, and by being one the single biggest supporter of AIM. Um, they represent a big heart for such a little church, and I'm grateful we have um, Grace and these other churches that do so many other great things to help our neighbors in need. This doesn't even scratch the service of all the churches and the other service organizations I know, but I do hope this blanket thank you to everyone who's doing anything to make Anderson a better place is appreciated because we certainly appreciate what you do. And we also appreciate the great efforts of the folks over at Paws who've done so much for our four-legged friends. The folks at Pets Are Worth Saving Animal Shelter in Anderson not only cut the number of animals that had to be put down significantly this year, they started free chipping clinics to help find lost animals. And they put together that $4 holiday adoption that found homes for more than 400 animals. I want to thank Jessica and her staff out there and Steve Newton, a great animal lover himself, for all the hard work they do for our four-legged friends in the county. And I don't want to forget to give a shout-out to another group who saw a need and worked hard to do something about it. The Kid Venture Playground at the Civic Center not only got long of the tooth and really kind of was worn out, it was, in, it was really in sore need of repair and reconstruction. Well, Julia Woodson saw this when she was out there with one of her grandkids and put together Kid Venture 2. They're still working on Phase 1. Uh, it's going to be done in phases to totally renovate that playground and make it a safer, more accessible, better place. You can look up look them up on Facebook at Kid Venture 2, um, 2.0, and uh, we want to thank Julia for that effort. Now, Civic Center was really a hub of activity this year. Uh, too much to mention here, obviously, but I do want to shout out, again, the Bluegrass Festival, which was a banjo ring success. 
The nation's top bands gathered on those grounds for a three-day event, and crowds were really good for that Halloween weekend. They had games, contests, uh, guitar clinics, banjo clinics, and a whole lot more. And I do think people need to know Angie Stringer, the communications director for the county, made this event happen herself. She really worked hard to see it happen. So if you see her, say thanks to Angie. Uh, Celebrate Anderson and the Tour de la France. We're also bringing in folks from all over the world again to see what we have to offer here in Anderson. Most of those folks return every year because it's such a great event. And this year we had Pure Prairie League as the headliner of our concert, so it was a great big event. And I want to mention how great, uh, how much great stuff's been going on downtown this year while we're talking about that. The Carolina Wren Park has had 12 busy months, including Anderson's first theater festival and the first Shakespeare in the Park. A great lineup of entertainment for the Main Street Block Party, and thanks to Kerry Jones for all his hard work making that happen. And another first, an ice skating rink in downtown Anderson, which has brought in, like I said, 5,000 folks so far to strap on skates and move the music. And downtown also continues its planned growth. And we want to thank the folks who've continued to make that happen. Guys like Steve Kay, Jeff Waters, Bill Nickus. You know, Bill moved into the old Sullivan building 18 years ago to start Sullivan's Metropolitan Grill when downtown was on serious life support. And now he runs one of the top restaurants anywhere. You can look in national publications and Sullivan's Metropolitan Grill is listed among the best restaurants anywhere. We appreciate that. Uh, Steve Kay built the Bleckley Inn, is now working on bringing a conference center to downtown Anderson, has been a real part of that that revival down there. And Jeff Waters has joined and renovated the old Regions Bank building and some other properties. Both those guys live downtown as well. They've invested their own money and their vision in downtown Anderson, and it's a much better place because of their commitment. Thanks, guys. And County Council also made it clear they appreciate the, the efforts of local folks by declaring December and probably beyond that. I think it'll go beyond Shop Local Business Month. Um, we're going to talk more about that a little bit later, but we do appreciate people who spend and shop locally. Kelly Joe Barnwell continued her great work with our seniors at the Joe Brown Senior Center this year. If you consider yourself a senior citizen, you need to check that group out. They have a lot of activities, to, things to do, and almost all of it's free. The group also honored the legendary Amos Wells, one of our regular contributors here on the Observer Podcast, who as Senior Citizen of the Year for Anderson County as well. Congratulations, Amos. I can't give anybody that can't think of anybody who deserves that more. So as you can see, we have so much to be grateful for here in Anderson as evidence of all the massive amount of uh, things that are going on. And also our marathon podcast, the longest podcast of the year was the one on gratitude, which I think is a, is a good sign. We had so many people in leadership that wanted to express their gratitude that that podcast lasted about three hours. If you missed it, give it a listen. It's worth the time. If you're driving somewhere, if you're going on a trip, put it in your podcast and take a listen to it. Nothing is as comforting as listening to our leaders in our community talk about why they're grateful to live and work here. I think you'll enjoy that, too. I'm not sure if we've ever had so many people working together for a better Anderson in our 182-year history than we have right now. And did you know that Anderson celebrated that milestone December 19th? Uh, our first Founders Day celebration here in Anderson since at least the late 1800s uh, was held in the museum on December 19th. And on that day, we had a really good crowd to come and visit what we hope will become an annual tradition here in Anderson to celebrate our founding back uh, in 1833. That museum has continued to build its reputation as one of the best in the whole South, and they've added that Roots of History transportation uh, exhibit this year and have big plans for other exhibits. If you haven't been to the museum, you talk about one of the best places to go. It costs nothing to take your family, and you can spend hours just visiting a very well-organized history of Anderson. Anderson County Farm Farmer's Market also had another record year of produce and good food, and they finished up with that strong holiday market that was packed every single time it was open. I hope you got out there. Uh, if not, you're going to have to wait until next year. 
Bloomsover Anderson kept our reputation as the hub of hot air ballooning in the state and really in the southeast with another really good year of, of balloon flight. They had one good day of weather, thank goodness, and a lot of other festivals and food and things going on out there. Hope next year you put on your calendar to watch for the balloons over Anderson. Uh, the Anderson Area Touchdown Club celebrated its 34th year, honoring players and coaches. The county's high school had good crowds, good speakers, another good year for Bill Brissy and the folks who put that on. We appreciate them continuing that tradition to honor those. Uh, just Paul Brown had marked more than his more than 50 years in the business of broadcast journalism. We had him on earlier. If you missed that podcast this year, you might want to go back and listen to the interview with Paul Brown. You'll learn some stuff. Paul's still growing, going strong, and we appreciate all that Paul has done to bring broadcast journalism to our community. The Anderson uh, Chamber of Commerce CEO Pam Christopher marked her first anniversary as well uh, in November of this year. Uh, Pam has really brought some energy to the chamber and brought back the chamber to a place where local businesses trust the group and they're really getting active with it and she's really building a cohesive business structure there and they'll help any business member or not and they've got some of the best resources around we appreciate pam coming in and revitalizing something that was in 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 great need of that so much other so much else has happened around anderson and in the county and i wanted anderson county administrator rusty burns to talk about what he thought were the, the key events of 2015 all right, we were talking about the year in review, and I'm talking to Anderson County Administrator Rusty Burns. We we're talking about just some of the central events that happened in the county over the past year. And it seems like a long time ago, but on the other hand, it seems like it was just you know a couple of months ago. I guess the first big event. I can't think of anything in January that was would match this, but in February yeah. we had the most successful and coldest fishing tournament the Bassmasters have had, and we had yes. a local winner too. So. Yeah, we had a, had a local winner. Uh... Two million, what do you win, $10 million or something? It's about $2 million, plus, you know, all the other stuff you yeah, get. Yeah, the, boat, the boats and, and the, everything yeah, yeah. and everything. It's interesting that you asked me about this. Uh, lady came up this morning, and, and she said that her grandson ran into him yesterday, just ran into Casey Ashley yesterday, and little kid said, you're Casey Ashley. He's real good with kids. And, he, and the little kid pulled his hat off and said, "Sign this," and he did. <laughs> and uh, and it started because you won, you won Bassmasters, right? So that was pretty cool. So we're still living off of that nice today. Guy. Well, people, I don't think that, you know, and, and look, I know not everybody fishes. That's not, no. every, but they don't realize what a big deal the Green Pine construction and the re, re you know, it took. A long time, and we, we poured enough cement in out there to make a, po- a port for this. <laughs> talking about an upstate port, we got yep. one at Green Pine. But interesting thing on that, and Glenn Brill just put put together a thing. Glenn's over our PRT department. It's called the Year in Review, One Year Anniversary of Green Pine. And I was looking at it, and on December the nineteenth, tw- twenty fourteen, is when we had the ribbon cutting. Right. So I mean, you know, it's still twenty fifteen. And then, you know, we had that. Same birthday as Anderson County. There you go. There you go. I didn't think about that, but that's significant. There's no such thing as a coincidence. Right. First event we had out there was the Anderson University Polar Plunge, January 24th, 2015. So we did that. That really was the first official event. And on February 20th, 22nd is when we had Bassmasters, which put Green Pond on the map all over the world. And you know from that we've been listed in all the magazines. We're in the top 10 bass fishing destinations uh, anywhere you can go. So that was good. Then, you know, we had the American Bass Association out there, 212 boats. That was a pretty big deal. We've got Forest Wood coming up this year, not too far away. Mark so, Train. Yep. And that's going to be <clears throat> 200 more That's going to be 250 boats minimum. So we're excited well, about that. Well, the Bassmasters that. thing was, was was successful 
in spite of the fact it was the coldest one they ever had. I mean, I, I was out there and my camera froze. I've never had a camera freeze before. Oh, it was horrible. And the boats were freezing to the to the trailers, and uh, I've never seen anything like Look, that. Look, we had local fire departments out there helping us, which you well know. Our emergency preparedness group ran out there and, and essentially ran the logistical operations right. on the ground. And we had to, in some cases, pull boats up through ice. But uh, it was very successful. But but I'm sure some of us will have uh, arthritis later on because of that. Well, I, know, I never told you this, but on the the practice day, I was on the boat with Casey, and he was catching fish sticks early on. It was so cold. Mm-hmm. So that was that was good. That was good. <laughs> no, but no, it really, I never had a video camera actually freeze. I don't, I don't mean the video froze. I mean the camera froze. So it was it was about eight degrees that day, and uh, but people had a good time. Had a guy there, the the guy that had it. The, one of the biggest followings that's interesting was the guy from Japan. Yeah, and I had told fans travel travel from Japan to watch him fish. But I told you this before that uh, the first time Anderson County's ever been on uh, Japanese television was because of Bassmasters, right. and, and they were here of in force. Their press was here in force with that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was a weird, kind of weird scene out there. You're freezing to death, and there's some people on the shore waving Japanese flags. Right, doesn't happen every day. <laughs> Something else to be thankful for. But one of the things, and I was talking to Matt Shell yesterday and said, you know, they had the uh, boat parade out there this year. Right. The Christmas boat parade. So Matt's now all excited about it. He wants to decorate a big Christmas tree that you can see from the double bridges when you go through. It's a great idea. And so, you know, that's one of the things that we're hoping. I think the boat parade got by a lot of people. I don't think. I don't think enough people knew about it, but I know everybody who saw it went absolutely crazy. It's a great idea. But if we put that up, put a. And he wants to take one of those Christmas, one of those trees that's out there and decorate it. I think that will be really. Well, nice. I, I know you're coming into this a little bit cold, Rusty. But uh, after the Bassmasters, what was the next big thing to happen in the county? I know we've had a lot of economic development, a lot of jobs added this year. You know, off the top of your head, roughly how many? I don't know, but in the thousands Ballpark, of yeah. new jobs. Yeah. And one of the big challenges we're going to have this year is providing training for people, retraining for people, getting them the skills to take these new jobs. And I mentioned this before when I'm talking to you. Not all of the plants that we've announced are built. Right. I mean, they're under construction. TTI, go out and look at TTI under construction. You would think that they were building a uh, the biggest, uh, that they were building the World Trade Center out there, okay? Then just come on this side of 85, and you can see the German company that's being built over there right now. I mean, it's under construction right now. And, and you've got more coming. We're fixing to uh, wrap up our industrial park to have our first county industrial park. I'll talk about park. that again on our coming of the year. Just, but our unemployment has dropped pretty much every month, too. So we're getting down to the point where, like you're saying, qualified people for the jobs coming in are going to have to be pretty <coughs> laser trained. Because we're, we're, we're creeping towards four, you know, percent. <coughs> I mean, down to... Extremely, the council would love for us to get, you know, below four. And is the country doing well as a whole? That is a fact. Not as well as we're doing. But not as well as we're doing, and that's a fact. And that's when the seeds were, were planted before. The seeds were planted in the depths of the Depression, okay? And we're reaping those benefits now. And we want to continue that until everybody in Anderson County has not a job, but a very good job. And we also have jobs that young people who graduate from our high schools and colleges can say, I'm staying in Anderson because this is the future of the world. I'm staying here. And qualified people are beginning. It's not just retirees. I, I, I had a story in the Observer this morning. <coughs> We're the fifth 
fastest growing state for migration. Yes. And we're just barely behind Arizona, just a few hundred, so we're almost yes. fourth. So we're talking about Texas and places in front of us you would expect, yes. you know. But um, so if we're at, I think we added 48,000 people to South Carolina, and a lot of those were in the upstate. I mean, the low yeah. country's getting a little bit, mostly retirees, but most of them are up here. And, 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 it's, and it's going to continue and continue and again, and we've talked about this before, but I don't know how these people from upstate New York are coming here. It doesn't seem to be like we're all moving down here, but you meet them every day. Right. And they're coming from not one place in upstate New York, but they're coming here. They absolutely love it. They're just involved, and they're just happy to be here and like what they see. But a, The TTI was a big headline. You mentioned TTI. Yeah, there. TTI was a huge headline because that, that, was, a, that was a global catch for us, okay? Right. Because you had foreign countries competing from us. Our strongest competition came from Georgia. People that forget they do Home Light and how many different brands. There's all, all these brands you would have heard of. All of these things that you go see. If you go to uh, Home Depot, right. go look at the wall and all of those uh, those uh, tools, are... tools up there. You know, this is going to be a distribution center. We hope it's going to be the North American headquarters where you have research and development. I've told you this. There's room right for now on 28. Right out on 28 Bypass, there are 500 engineers working. Engineers developing these products. Out on Highway 28, they have 50 people in their advertising department. That's all they do. They are one of the largest advertising companies in South Carolina, and all they do is stuff for TTI Ryobi. And we don't know it because they're mostly doing national, international stuff. They're doing, doing national, a lot of local stuff. stuff. It's, it's almost the, the people here in Anderson, they were... And then they flip the stuff to Hong Kong. Right. <coughs> and they work on it. And that's happening here. That's not happening <coughs> in the research triangle. It's happening here in Anderson. Okay, so we get TTI. What are some of the other big business headlines for the year? I, mean, I think what you're going to see, and, and, and what you're going to see big time, is that commercial growth and residential growth follows manufacturing jobs. It always has. You can just write it down. You're going to see commercial activity from people who have not been here before. Our footprint, some of the things that you see in larger areas are going to be coming here. But what you're also seeing, because of these jobs, you've seen a lot of local companies who are getting really fat on supplying these companies. Uh, I know that uh, Steve Kay, the Hill Electric crowd, they've been doing a whole lot of work for these companies coming in. Glenn Plumbing's been doing a whole lot of work. So not only Sergeant Metal, I think Sergeant Metal, but it's not only just you know these companies are coming in adding jobs, but these other people are adding jobs so they can service these industries. But I mean, you know, out on 28, 28 bypass was hit hard. You know that Mm -hmm. vacant buildings, vacant buildings. But you know, last week they took down the old Ingalls building, cleaned that up, and you know you've got that Walmart neighborhood market going at the intersection of Whitehall and Pyramidary Road. That's a big dadgum deal. Right. Because now you're going to have a grocery store up on the upper end, and you've got Quality Foods, a great grocery store down on the other end. But that's going to be more opportunities for people to shop. So we're seeing a lot of commercial activity bumping around the and, county. And, um, <clears throat> coincide with that, a lot of the things announced last year, even if they started, are in full swing now. I yeah. mean, we've got uh, you know other places people don't think about that, that ship is more, not internationally, but nationally. Uh, we got the uh, organic fertilizer plant up in Pendleton that's doing which really well. Which is blowing up. Yeah. Which is blowing up. It's doing wonderfully well. And the other thing, uh, now uh, we have mended or restored 
or strengthened our relationship with Clemson University. And now I think you're going to see, as a matter of fact, I guarantee it, you're going to see some nice announcement com announcements coming out of the Clemson Research Park. Not in the sweet by and by, but hopefully in the next two months. And that relationship, let's work together. Let's uh, we can help each other. What's good for you is good for us. I think that's going to be very well, and that's, important. And that's that's been a marker really of the last couple of years. It's, it's for the first time, I guess it was last year. I, I, I'm getting all the years run together, but for the first time, at least in my memory, and I've been covering county council and off since the '80s. All five school county school districts got together with the county council and talked about things. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's a new, a new, well, the newest thing that's a new way to look is that at. the five superintendents all work together. Right. The five superintendents and the districts got together here and talked to the seven county council. That's the first time and that's not happened. A, and not only are, are, are the superintendents and the school boards getting along with county council, but they're also getting along with the legislative delegation. And Nobody's shooting at each and, other. And that's this sort of dovetails in where I was going with this is they're building, of course, District 5 and in conjunction with, you know, 3 and, and four. 4 are building the new technology Center, I forgot what they're calling it, but it's something technology. Yeah. School and, we, technology and we need that yesterday. Right. For we the, need that adjacent yesterday. Adjacent to Tri-County Tech, again, out there in the same area you're talking about. And looking ahead to 2016, and my understanding is the industrial park, the hope is to have it up and running before this time next year. Oh, absolutely. And Tri-County Tech's going to have a footprint and there tri and tri -County for those Tech jobs you're talking about. And Tri-County Tech is going to be there about. with us because they need more room for training. That is it in a So if somebody comes into the industrial park, we'll have a fairly unique situation where they come in and say, hey, we need 85 people who can do this now, then you can tell tech. And where are you going to train? How about right outside right. your door? Right. So it's almost right on-the-job training, and you got it right there. And I don't think many industrial parks have that that yeah. I know about. But, I mean, that thing, that industrial park is going to be a partnership with Anderson County, Tri-County Tech, Duke Energy, Piedmont Public Gas, Possibly we have some other partners that ha aren't ready to announce yet. Innovate Anderson has granted $100,000 to that part. And I can't say enough about Innovate and Burris's leadership focusing on that. I think we have excellent relationships now with the city of Anderson. We do things together. And so just everybody seems to be getting along and, and, and working well. What are the big business other. announcements am I missing? I, I know I'm missing some. And, 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 I, and I'm trying to think. I'm, trying I'm going to think. fill in some of the gaps from a, a, a previous podcast, but I know um, it has been a big year. I mean, it seems like uh, TTI was like the, the Grand Slam home run, yeah. but then a lot of other things, you know, triples off the wall. We don't, you know. Yeah. But we, we, we've got. Oh, I know. I know you know, let's, 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 if we come back to that, I think one of the big headlines uh, was uh, that in the new budget year, not only was the budget, you know, no tax, no increases, no increase, no increase in tax. millage, but. Our uh, county employees, particularly law enforcement, finally got a significant. That, they county, finally got their pay raises where they needed to be. Well, county council stop the bleeding to other. Well, where the county was for during the depression, just like every other form of government, we're trying to keep the doors open right. and not put people out of work. Right. Okay, but council was able to do that. But this year, because of the rising tide, and I don't care whether anybody likes that term or not, but council was able to bring the salaries up to where they should be, specifically for law enforcement, because we were just training people and sending them all over the state of South Carolina. Including dispatchers and everything. And dispatchers. I'm equally, uh, you know, I was not just very happy that we could reward those poor people at the animal shelter who work with their hearts on their sleeve every day, probably the hardest jobs we have in Anderson County. They got some money. 
Well, that's been a huge success this year. Let's just mention, I mean, the number of animals that were saved from euthanasia, um, having to deal with the animals that were being held in a court case that added a burden to them that nobody should have to put up with. I mean, we're bursting You couldn't adapt. You couldn't adopt them out. And the animals were tired of being, you know, they tried to walk them. And some of them literally were going crazy. Right. Just like a person went in solitary confinement. Right. But the Christmas promotion, we got over 400 animals out. The intake In a short period of time, too. Yeah. And the intake numbers are going down, which the key thing, and you know, council, $75,000 a year, Council allocates to the Spay and Neuter program in association with the Humane Society. That's where you win the battle, and those intake numbers are going down, and that can only be for one reason, keep, and that's it. I think we need to keep the word out that low-income people can get their animals spayed and neutered for next to nothing or for nothing. Uh, for nothing in yeah. the Humane Society. Right. They take all comers, and if you want to spay, look, they'll even go so far over there, you know, if it's just a desperate situation, I've known them to go out to your house and pick up the animals, have it done, and carry them back. Right. You know? So, so just, animal welfare has always been big in Anderson County. It will continue to be. Well, it's such a nice facility out there. It's a beautiful facility. Got a crack staff out there. A nice dog park out there. Nice dog park out there. So you just got a lot of good things going on in Anderson, but, you got, you know, but we have challenges. One of our big challenges is increased recreation. The demand for recreational outlets is increasing, mm -hmm. and that's to be expected. Mm -hmm. And so council's looking to address that. We had a chat with the chairman of county council yesterday, and he was talking about we need to do this, we need to do this, we need to do this. We know we still need to put more money in Green Pond, but we just got $640,000 mm -hmm. that we're going to apply towards Green Pond. But the more we do out there, the more it's going to bring in. Look, yesterday I was called. And they said, the uh, Harley-Davidson people want to come back to Anderson. They enjoyed it very much, and they need a place to have one big event and feed everybody. They said, do you think we could use Green Pond? I said, absolutely you could use Green Pond. That would be wonderful. But who would have thought that, that uh, the Harley-Davidson group would want to go to Green Pond? They're not going to fish, no. Greg. They're going out there because it's pretty, they've got plenty of room, and they can put a 1,000 motorcycles well, what's, out there. What, we do still have phase two and phase three to go. I mean, yeah. ultimately, we want to have some sort of center out there. Uh, the the ideal... Bathrooms first, I guess. we got to get bathrooms, then we need the amphitheater, and then a facility like you have on Broadway Lake needs to go out A little bit there. bigger than that. Uh, uh, a little bit bigger than <laughs> that, uh, that you could use multi-use, because all these tournaments would then have a headquarters. Mm -hmm. And it could also be rented out to the local population. You know, as well as I do, that on some days we rent out the uh, facility on Broadway Lake three times in one day. Three times in one day. Yeah, that place has been full. I mean, and it's full all the time. And it's booked, you know, a year in advance. If you had something like that at Green Pine, it would do the same, the very same thing. Well, talking about recreation facilities, the other thing you, you were picking up on, particularly people moving here from other places that are accustomed to more trails, and, you know, the the connector was a big deal. I mean, yes. if you don't believe it, the last few days when it's been warm, you would think there was a parade going on because yes. there are so many people on those paths walking yes. up and down, and uh, kids and families and, you know. So I know there is a master plan to have that connected all the way to... Connect it from 81 to From the, to the hospital center. track all the way to the Civic Center. And getting... And then from there down, eventually down to the south side somewhere. Absolutely. It would match up with the city's plan to put parks and trails all throughout the city. It's going to be easier to do the section getting to the Civic Center than it is the other way. So I would imagine that's the next portion that's going to be completed. 
Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> and that's going to make all the difference in the Who's world. Who's in charge of that, Rusty? I don't think I've ever asked. ANAS. Oh, okay. ANAS, which is representatives of the city, the county, right. and citizens. Right. And that's who, who's running that. And that's, well, I just can't figure out how you make that trail go across there. I guess there's a way to but, do it. And I can't explain it to you verbally, but they showed it to me because I said, you can't do it. Right. And it seems said, so busy. And right? they said, yes, you can. And this okay, is so how you do it. they have a map they could share. Yeah, so yeah and, and, and it makes sense after you right. see it. Right. So, so those kind of recreation activities, you know, because I know, uh, you know, the... People, a lot of people use the Civic Center to walk and stuff, too. And, uh, yeah, the of course, bigger, the Redoing Kid Venture, the private group Kid doing Venture, that. The big, the big thing we have right now, one of the big demands we have right now is we do not have enough soccer fields. We do not have enough soccer fields. And several members of our council are looking to address adding soccer fields because if we had four more right now, we would still be lacking in soccer fields. Well, the one thing about that, and I'm, I say this not being a soccer fan, but they're lucrative. Unlike Look, other sports things where you can't pack eight groups of kids on two little spaces, you can't put eight kids playing baseball games on the same field, but you can on the same little soccer field. Yes, you can. And you can load up those teams and charge them $100 a head. And it's so so that's one of the big So that's the big recreation plan, I guess, for the – That's part of it. But, I mean, more improvements in Green Pond. The Brown, more improvements at the Civic Center, too, I think. More, oh, absolutely more improvements at the Civic Center. But then, you know – we put that uh, fishing ramp out at Brown Road. That is a nice... And that thing gets more use than anything you could ever imagine. That dock is huge and nice, and there's people out there all the time. All no matter the time. how cold it is or if it's and raining. They, and there out there I went by fishing. there other day, and there were, people, there were two guys. I went a lot of people. I don't want to over, overstate it, but there were two guys fishing in this driving rain. And it's handicapped accessible. To ride by there and see people in wheelchairs fishing out there, if that doesn't warm your heart, and that's always the goal that that the council has is that when we build stuff, it's accessible to everybody. Right. Well, the, that was, I, I don't know who put that master plan together. Was it Matt? I don't know who did all that, but it was well thought out because the old dock they left, yep. which you can pull your little boat up and climb off on that little dock and, you know, pull in the, in the ramp over there. And then the new dock is just for, like you said, it's accessible. It's it's aluminum. Yep. It's fishing. And it can and it moves in and out with the... Yes, it does. The, of course, the leg's not going down. No. <laughs> might have to. And, you know, we had the other new... Uh, kayak ramp we're putting in on the Saluda River thanks to Duke Energy giving us a grant so that'll be underway here pretty quick. We're hoping to have a football field up at Dolly Cooper Park this year. That area's booming and continuing to boom up there. Yep. And one of the things that we have to do and one of the biggest challenges that we have is we have to repair Broadway Dam. Right. And that's going to cost, I can tell you, a minimum $300,000 and it may cost $500,000. Right. And that's to fix the intake and to fix the outtake, and that's going to be a huge project. I know you don't propose these things, and you won't even vote on it, but what do you think the chances are for us to get accommodations taxes countywide in the year? I mean, hospitality taxes. Hospitality taxes. we have accommodations. Yeah. Well, I mean, tax. hospitality taxes. But you taxes. have several members of council talking about that. Their thing was... That would generate an awful lot of money. Yeah, but their thing was they did not want to put one tax on anybody during the Depression. Right. They said things are bad enough, people are losing their homes, and we're not going to increase that tax burden. But you've had a couple of them talk about that. But it's, I know, uh, a city meeting, they just try to figure out what to do with all that money. Yeah. But they have a combination of hospitality tax, but right. they also have stormwater fee. Right. And if you look at Lindley Park, you would think that's recreation money. Right. But they were brilliant. Yeah, I knew that was stormwater money. A brilliant way to think about, hey, we can 
fix this obviously obvious stormwater hazard, but we could make it pretty while we're doing it. And I'm sure Bobby Bevel wished whoever designed Concord Ramp had designed Unley Park because he has to take push mortars out there and cut the grass a lot of places. Bobby Bevel is an absolute jewel for Anderson County. He is. He is. And, and he's he, been a really good, and he's good at working with the county and the city together. Well, he's passionate about what he does. Mm-hmm. But uh, I've, heard, I've heard Bobby talk about the push mortars over there. And, and in recreation, uh, the the... To the surprise of a lot of people, the ice skating thing here in December was a huge Look, success. It blew up. People didn't think people would pay to ice skate over their own plastic. But and they, they sure were did. wrong. And they're still skating over And there. they were absolutely wrong. The next thing people need to be looking at, and I tell you the day it's going to happen, is January 18th. It's demolition day. That was what I was going to get to. Let's talk a little bit about 2016, knocking the, down the old Woolworth Bells. Yeah, and the reason we're doing it on January the 18th is because the city, we didn't want to interfere with the city's ice skating right. ring. They close up on the 18th. We start knocking stuff The next stuff day, out. we start going. So you need to get anything that's going to rattle off your desk yes. secured. Yes. I was in, in, in the trustee house at Clemson University when they tore down Johnstone, so, and they told them it would take six months. It took about 18. They didn't realize how well built those. They built those things sturdy. They did. Now, how long do they think the demolition will take on this? Maybe. Wrecking what? ball? What are they going to do? No, not Im- wrecking ball. Implode Giant bombs. claws. Oh, claws. Not Giant They're going to blow it up. No, they're not going to blow close. it up. Too close. And too much dust and, and everything like that. But this company has done demolition in New York City. They've done demolition in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And they've done demolition after the hur- hurricanes in Florida. So they're going to So what's their it. estimate on how long it would take? Uh, I, we've given them, you know, well over a month. They're saying, hey. You got a lot of people who bid on that project who do demolition and other stuff. These people. They're not getting paid by the hour. No, they we make stuff disappear. Right. This is what we did. So what What right now are some of the various plans on the books for that property? Well, the first thing we're going to do is we're not going to fill it back in because there's a substantial basement under there. Right. But we're going to put a wooden fence all the way around it temporarily. We're going to invite all the school districts. To send and everybody will have a space. And why don't you put what you think would look good there? Council still has a million and a half dollars to go towards something happening there. Is it going to be a public facility? Possibly. Is it going to be a public-private facility where you use private money and we use the land as <clears throat> as our contribution? <clears throat> All of that is available. But I do, I don't think. Although some real estate people have already talked to us about that property. But I think that when those buildings are gone, you're going to have a lot more because they can go, oh, yeah, I see that. Well, is there, I mean, and there's still the possibility, too, of having public space upstairs and retail down on the bottom, right? Absolutely. And that, and that, that seems to make the most sense, and that, just and from that, a pragmatic. Just Well, I know Mr. Crowder would like to have the first floor completely public where you could have art displays and you could have the Convention and Visitor Center Bureau and other things that people, you know, can walk in and take advantage of. Mm-hmm. My little dream is this, is I would love to have a, an observation deck on top, right, open to the public, where you could go up there and look all around Anderson County. Mm-hmm. And that's not too far fetched. Have those little, those little telescope viewer things. There you go, there you go. You have to put a quarter in them or we don't? Well, I think we probably do it free. <laughs> But anyway, those those are dreams. But I hope a lot of these dreams. Well, and some of them this year did. We got a new tree, Christmas tree. Got a new Christmas and it's tree. It's just going to get great, bigger and better. Great success. People would uh, come in. I saw cars come in, pulling. I'll tell you this: this happened the week before Christmas. I was at home Sunday night around eight o'clock. I got a call from or text from Mary Haley, who works for the city. 
she said, Rusty, the Christmas tree is out, and we have a group that are going to get married in front of it in 30 minutes. <laughs> I said, I'm on it. So I called Brian Richardson, because right. what I can do is nothing. Right, I go, can uh -oh. stand around. <laughs> and Brian was coming back from a, a Sunday night church cantata, and uh, so he met me over there, and he figured out, so while they were putting in the new heating and air conditioning system at the courthouse, mm -hmm. they tripped the wrong breaker. Uh. But anyway, Brian restored the power to the Christmas tree, and the couple got married, and they lived happily ever after. It brought a lot more people downtown, I believe. But there were people out there getting there. While we were standing there waiting for the lights to come on, there were people lining up waiting on the lights to come on so they could have their picture made. Yeah. No, no telling how many. Well, and then, of course, they really, one of the, the two... Part one and part two was one of the warmest stories of the year was the person the knitting club no, look, came in and started putting, you know, scarves and hats stuff on the statues. Christmas. And then the kids from St. Joseph's, third grade class from St. Joseph's came in and they were putting them on the tree too. So kids, they were putting them on the tree and they were, everything. I mean, I was sitting in, here in this office and I looked down and I said, what in the world are all those children doing out there? And so Steve and I walked down there and said, where, where Make sure they weren't on? vandalizing your church. <laughs> no, and then they told us what they were doing. Yeah, and and, and it was just it was the Christmasiest thing that you could think of. Mm -hmm. And then we said, well, we we want to take a picture of this. Right. I mean, people should know about this. And then so we had to wait a few minutes. So Steve came and gave them a tour of the courthouse, and then. And then, anyway, they went back, and one of the teachers said that the kids said that was the best field trip they'd ever had. That's great. Yeah, right. and it, it was, a, you know, Lights of Hope was, went really well out there. The Civic Center is bigger and better and, and handicap accessible again. Kids handicap, that had never been able to look, see Santa. If you just rode by there, that was where it was right. beautiful just riding by there. Right, and kids who had not been able to get to the Santa Village before that were in wheelchairs or could get to them, and so that was a really big... And so, all right, let's just finish up with the coming year again. We're talking about the coming year. With, Industrial Park is probably the... the Biggest story. I mean, that's the biggest thing. But we've got some economic. TTI will be up in full swing. A few other places that announced last year will be in full swing. But the TT, the uh, the industrial park is is one of those kind of game changers. I think that's going to be a game changer because what's happening is that we have people who want to be here and we're running out of places to put them. Right. And they don't want to go to some place. In the old days, we could go out and we did it here. Right. We could go out to a cow pasture and say, no, it doesn't have water and sewer, but we guarantee it will be here right. in X amount of time. These people are under the gun. Right. So there's got to be a place they can go. They say, yep, we can build it in this amount of time. We can do it. We don't have to worry about water. We don't have to worry about sewer. We don't need to worry about where they're going to be trained. We don't need to worry about where the traffic's going to be. It's here. Let's go bang. Am I right that international firms are particularly keen oh, yeah. on being oh, an industrial uh, park where it's ready to oh, just turn exactly key and right. come in? And, 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 and Japanese companies will not look. If you don't have an industrial park. Look, if you take them to a site and there's trees on them, they're not going. You've got a lot of times, you know, you better make a good first impression. That's the world we live in. It? it is. But I will tell you this. It's happened more than one time in economic development where just because we had, when we were thinking about that spec building, because you know we sold it before we even got it built, is that if you give them a reason to come here first, and a lot of times if you don't have a building or a building under construction, you don't make the first cut list. Mm -hmm. But if you have it, they'll come look at it. But they may not like where it is, but you already got them here, and you can go show them something else. Right. Well, we have you a go tremendous... look at the Irish company. I was just going to mention them. And you look at that. Who would have ever thought that... they're off of Harris Bridge? Or... Off of Harris Bridge, right. Yeah. And do you see how much they've expanded? Yeah. I mean, they're blowing up the whole world. And their client list, which I'm not at liberty to talk about, is awesome. I mean, it is, it is 
the highest tech stuff in the world, and they're doing that in Anderson. Well, Anderson right? County, I mean, in in the last, I guess, 25 years or so, has become a real international... <laughs> More forget- foreign flags in Anderson County than any other county in the state of South Carolina. That's, that That's is huge. That's a bona fide fact. We're two flagpoles short at the airport right now. <laughs> and again, and, and I know you're tired of me saying this, but I would say that we're the only place in the southeastern United States that can fly the flag of Monaco. I'll bet we are, too. Now, speaking of the airport, what are we looking at in the airport in the coming year? I know we've got a lot of things. We've got some uh, housekeeping stuff to do. You know, we've moved the maintenance shop so we can free up some more space. Uh, We're still looking at a new terminal, trying to line up some grant funds on that. Uh, Just went through the process to hire an airport engineer, which we have to do every so often. And so I'm expecting the airport to blow up, but you would not believe the amount of corporate traffic. I was going to ask you, are we sufficient heading. now for corporate jets we to come in or handle We can handle corporate traffic. Look, I, took, I went out there one day, and I, and I said, we got to have a picture of this, because there were six corporate jets out there, six. It was a beautiful morning. There were six. They were all from different companies. I know one of them was first quality. I know two of them were TTI. Uh, one was a Michelin plane. And I d- couldn't ever figure out who the other two were out there in Anderson. I said, this is big time. Well, and, and it's unusual. I don't want to spend too much talking about them because I don't want anybody talking about them. But first quality just continues to grow. It's oh, the quietest. They, but, but they just. They, they don't just, like publicity. No, they just finished the other line. Right. And now we're hoping for the other line to take place. But they don't really like publicity no, at all. No. But which I mean, is unusual for a company. I mean, which is unusual, but it's family-owned. Hey, it's their company. company, yeah. It's family-owned company. Right. But I mean, they continue and they continue to expand. They've already, you know, when it was announced, it's going to be a billion dollars. Mm-hmm. A billion dollars is in the rearview mirror. We're beyond a billion dollars. Mm-hmm. I dare say we might not make two billion dollars. And I think you told me that very. Again, no publicity. Very quietly, they contributed a lot to the flood victims in the Midlands and stuff. And. They did. Up they did. They did a whole lot of stuff, but they don't want publicity. Right. And I'm and I'm talking about not a little bit of stuff. Right. But that I mean that and it, it was in a part of the county too that we really had trouble well, attracting. People forget it was a brownfield site. It was a contaminated site. Right. They were using it for warehousing. They were going to take those buildings down, return them to agricultural classification, so the tax rate would have been lower. Yeah. But then they say, and then you have people. Well, boy, you gave away. They've given us a whole lot more than we ever gave them. It just anytime people say that, they they don't factor in those multipliers of salaries and people spending money. Those people down there are buying cars, right? And people in Anderson County are buying cars like crazy. So we got we got TTI, we got um, the big industrial park, and of course we got the the fishing tournament. That'll be the biggest fishing tournament to date, I think, is in terms of number of boats in the waters. People thought the Bassmasters was big. This is way bigger than. Yeah, in terms of numbers of boats in the water. In terms of numbers, and of it's boats. all going to be done right here. Yeah, none of it's in Greenville. Around. Although yeah. I did love, and I'm not going to keep backing up to Bassmasters, but my favorite quote was on the the day before the actual tournament event. The organizer said, "You know, well, we've been down here before. You mm-hmm. know, and it's the first time I've been to Greenville because we had everything we needed in Anderson. You know, and if we can continue <laughs> to grow, right. you know." Then I think you're gonna we're gonna be self-contained. So what else is big in 2016? I have not mentioned. I'm just trying to. Lord, I know you're working on a million things at one time. So. Oh, but I mean, you know, look, I'd like to see the museum roof finished in, in 2016. <laughs> you know, we've allocated the money. We're ready. It won't quit raining. <laughs> right. And then, and then people will say, well, 
It hadn't rained in two days. It has to dry out. Then we're going to have to spend a million dollars on the Civic Center Road. But it hasn't dried out. Roofing, yeah. and, and there's a lot of maintenance. That and there's a lot of big stuff coming up at the museum this year, too. Mm -hmm. uh, that's going to be a, a tremendous uh, calendar of events. Mm -hmm. So everything's good. Everything's going to get better. What? What? Are there any challenges that we really are still trying to figure out what to do coming into the training, year? Training. Training. Job training. That is the biggest thing we can do. We have people who are physically and mentally able to work. They just need some tweaking of their skills. They need that. Another big problem we and Most have, of these jobs we're talking about, we're not talking about minimum wage jobs. No, but my thing has always been this. You know, if you let me in the door, if you will let me in the door, I think I might can move up. But, I mean, even with that, though, and, and I mean, I'm being a little cynical, but a lot of people get stuck at a certain... But yeah. most of the jobs we brought in this year seem, at least from my memory from council you saw, meetings, you are, saw that the wage the, rate the, the floor was County. about 15 hours yeah. an hour or something. But the wage rate in Anderson County in the last seven years has moved up two dollars. Right. That didn't happen anywhere. Yeah, that wasn't. That was just. That was not uh, legislated. That no. was just. Uh, and we've got a couple more that if we can land them, that we're working. I'm not telling you we have those. That's going to jack that number up more. But you, you have a decent living wage. What, with what about the state up. and the nation all faces, and we're facing this too, um, waste um, from not only just sewer but also solid waste, and our, our, our landfills are starting to get full. What, what are we going to well, do? We're in pretty good shape with our landfill right now, and we're in pretty good shape with our construction. Even the one that down in Star, that one's okay? Construction and debris is going all right, but what we do is <clears throat> the only way you're ever going to solve any of this is an increased emphasis on recycling. But you look at some of the major manufacturers now, they're making cars that can be completely recycled. Mm -hmm. You know, at some point, A, they're doing it because it's good for the environment. B, it's also cost-effective now. Mm -hmm. So we're going to have to continue those efforts because you can't keep building landfills forever. I'm only going to do 30 seconds on this. This is one of my rants. But when you and I were growing up, everything came in a glass bottle. Absolutely. Milk, soda, anything you wanted was in a glass. Juice. Yep. Glass is 100% recyclable forever. Yep. Paper, I think you get one more use. Yep. Plastic, what, seven uses or seven five, uses. depending something. But, And I understand there's weight issues and storage issues, but it almost seems like if they would give some sort of incentives for companies to go back to glass, it'd make a huge difference in landfills and in everything else. Because, first of all, milk's better out of taste. Everything tastes better out of glass, yes. let's face it. That's why they invented glass. Particularly milk yep. and sodas and stuff. If you buy a glass bottle of Coca-Cola or something, you go, wow, this is so much better than the plastic mm -hmm. in the cans because they don't leach into the thing. But, yeah, that would be a huge part of taking stuff out of our landfill. But uh, So our landfills are okay then. Yeah. And I know our convenience centers, we continue to open new convenience centers. We opened another well, one this year. Yeah, but we've got one more, and we will be in perfect shape. And that is in the Townville area. Right. And we're working on that right now. So wherever you live, you're pretty close to a place you can yeah. take recyclables. And Townville's our last challenge. We're working on that right now. We'll have a solution for that this year. So this should so be up this year. So they'll have a brand new convenience center in the Townville area. Right. Anything else this year going on countywide? Oh, I'm just trying so to think. Much. I can't think of it all, Greg. Right. I mean, I just can't um, think of everything. And I guess there's always things you can't talk about that are close and... Some economic development projects that are going to be really good for the county, and we're really happy about that. Well, and I'll say just from an editorial comment, uh, council particularly, you know, this year seems to have really moved ahead working together. You don't see very much contention among council. Uh, the chairman, uh, Tommy Dunn, has done a really good job of keeping meetings moving. I, and I tell you, we all appreciate that. <laughs> yes, we do. You know, not not getting out at midnight on Tuesday nights is is a pleasant <laughs> thing. <laughs> but but I mean, you know, 
and we try to give every all the council members every bit of information. Right. We're here every day. Right. And uh, well, the agenda is available to the public on the Friday before the meeting. Friday before the meeting. It's on the website. You can go. It's a PDF. You can read it on your phone or your computer, or your tablet. It's there. So if you want to know what's going on, and all the, the packet, the entire everything the councilmen have, pretty much you've got. And Kim the, has done a good job. She's been a new addition this year. Kim's done a fantastic job, and she's she's uh, she knows how to work with. Tell the people public. who Kim is, just so. Kim is the official. new clerk to council. Clerk to council, that's right. And she's doing a wonderful job. And so, just a whole lot of good stuff going on. And we got an election year coming up. Election year coming up. And y'all just keep plugging around. Nothing y'all can do about that one way or the other. We're just the hell. We've had most of the candidates out at the Civic Center, though. Seems like most of them have come through here. Yeah. We're, we're the mecca for uh, Republican presidential candidates to come through. We really are. That's good for local economy, too. Well, anybody who wants to come, and they all paid to rent it. Right. So... Uh, we'll take the checks we'll from take, any, any we'll of them. We'll take the check. We're equal opportunity check takers. That's cashers. And I, the, I guess the other thing is, and, and, and correct me, and I know you don't want to tell me too much if I'm wrong, but if, I don't remember any contention really between the legislative delegation and council this year. No. That's the first year in my memory I can't remember them getting into it about something. No, our legislative delegation is very good to right. us. But we've gotten into it before with stuff. Oh, yeah. And, and, I'm and sure that's that, natural. That's, that's, it's that's, healthy, actually, because if you didn't, yeah. you wouldn't be doing your jobs. But, but they've helped us on economic development. It is very helpful when we're working in economic development project for us to be able to call Senator O'Dell, who's on Senate Finance. and Legislator of the Year, according to that one. Yes, and Chairman Brian White, Chairman of the Ways and Means Committee, to advocate on behalf of Anderson County. Now, that's a... That's a duo that's very hard to overcome. One on Senate Finance and one who's in charge of the state budget. And both of them represent Anderson County. You can't beat that with a stick. And I guess the other person, it's not exactly behind the scenes, but unless you come to council meetings or follow it, people don't realize how much uh, Burris Nelson's been doing for the county. I mean, people don't know Burris, don't know, because he's not a headline chaser. No, but Burris does a fantastic job, and uh, Burris works very hard, and he cares about Anderson County, and, and the thing is, we have a lot of people who were born and raised in Anderson County, so when they're selling, they're selling their home. Right. And you can bring in the sharpest, the best gunslingers you want, and they can never do as good as somebody who's equally as competent, equally professional, but they have the fact that they're selling their home. Also because their mama don't call them on the carpet if they... And Burris's mama's still alive. She and well, and She'll call him on the car. She will. So, well, and I think that's. And I, we'll close with this because I didn't mean quite take, take quite much this much of your time. But I have sensed, and it's been sort of growing over the last maybe three years or so, an advocacy for the county among every. There's a working together sense that I don't remember in days gone by. I mean. I, and not just council. I'm talking about the county in general. Yeah, there's still a few people, but you look nationwide. Everybody's mad, and everybody. I don't sense that here. Even statewide, there seems to be more contention than we have among folks in Anderson County. There seems to be a, a growing group of people, both in the county and the city and around. That I mean, you know, we've mentioned this before: Kerry Jones, and of course uh, Steve Kay, and uh, um, um, even. Jeff Waters and the people. And, and Jeff doesn't get mentioned enough. Right. I had Jeff on a couple of weeks ago. He but what Jeff does. Right. He's I mean, the other side of town. He's well, we always say, if Steve Kay's here and Jeff's on the other side. And Jeff's, Jeff's doing it on shoestring. He's, Absolutely. He's moving down here just like he's, he's living where he – but the Calhoun's full yep. uh, downtown. But there seems to be a sense that – And I understand 
uh, rumor has it they're going to open up a little coffee shop at the Calhoun. Have you confirmed that? I have not, but I've, I've heard that. You know, it used to be that's where Grace's was for Absolutely. people to remember Absolutely. Grace down oh, there. And speaking of Grace's, and since we are the county government and we care about every part of the county, Grace's, I believe it's on January the 18th, is opening a new Grace's, keeping this Grace's, mm-hmm. and opening a new Grace's on Main Street and Honeypath. Really? Yeah. Because, you know, like Arnold's was here. Yeah. Now, Arnold's has a... He's doing well down there. In Belton. So, you know... Yeah, our, that Grace's was a fixture of the old Calhoun. Uh, of course, Grace Calhoun was... was Grace's was about the only thing in the Calhoun when I, at one point you could go up... That was a place you could do observation back in the day. Oh, you could do Not observation. legally, but you no, could ride but, up to the top and take yep. a look around. Nobody's, no safety things back then. No. But I do sense... There is a, there seems to be a rising. You mentioned the rising tide thing, of of people who are born here and even people who've moved here, that are advocates of the area and the people and the county and their, and you know it's why we started the Observer. Anybody doing anything good, we want to support it. You know, and that's what we did on the radio. It's what I did on the newspaper for the last almost nine years, and I, but I sense that there, I have not sensed that. In decades gone by, I really haven't. I don't mean to be, you know, cr- cracking on the other older, but the, everybody's so busy. But now there seems to be. If we work together, we. And I think that separates us from and the I, other places. I've said, I've said this forever. The only people who have ever held Anderson County back been us. Yeah, oh, absolutely. It's been us historically. Even. And you think about this, and this has nothing to do with. And you've heard me say this before, but we're the largest county in the third district. In John C. Taylor from Honeypath. Before World War II was the last congressman. We've already, we've always been so divisive in eating, eating ourselves mm-hmm. before anybody else ever had a chance to get us. We take care of ourselves, right. and other people knew that and used it to their advantage. Well, and we, you know, we didn't have Max Heller and Bill Workman who got together with lots of money and lots of muscle. We, it took a hundred people here to do it. Those two guys were able to do Gringo yeah, by right. themselves. In Spartanburg, you've got a one-man gang. Yeah, George Dean Johnson. Right. Who builds their industrial parks mm-hmm. and does that? Of course, he calls Roger Milliken and, and Roger Milliken yeah. those. And then you have that same situation in Greenville, where you have deep private pockets. Right here, it's just us folks trying to get together, like you said, and band together to do. But you can sustain that, that, though. That's the great thing about it, is if if one of the pieces of a, a, a billionaire class gets upset and shuts their wallet down or quits writing checks, then you're in trouble here. We can have a few people be disgruntled, and we don't. We just go right along because we don't have it. We got things to do. So I think, and you mentioned Innovate Anderson. That's one of the big things they're doing. And there's, uh, it seems like um, we're positioned not unplanned. Just hey, anybody wants to come here, growth, but the kind of stuff to build a better community is coming. Well, look, our emphasis on cleaning up these brownfields. We're cleaning them up here <clears throat> in the urban area of the city of Anderson. We're also working in Pelzer on the Saluda River. And that's the way we should be because it is the county government and we should be doing something for everybody. And continuing to knock down these abandoned houses that have become... Which is going to be... You know we're going to be knocking and down And that's working for everybody. And we're going to be knocking down 80 this year. And again... Every neighborhood that happens in is happy about it. They love it. They love it. They love it. They love it. There's one less crack house. That's right. There's one less eyesore. Well, I know we'll be talking again first of the year, but I wanted to kind of get our year in. We're doing a year in review and kind of talking about some of the things. I want to make sure the county and kind of where we're going. And, you know, you, if you said before, you'd be doing this if they weren't paying you, but you're glad they pay. <laughs> but yeah, you, you love Anderson County, too. All the too. people I owe money to, they won't, <laughs> yeah, they won't pass. You like to have electricity yeah. and things like that. Well, Happy New Year, Rusty, and I appreciate Same it. Same to you. Thanks. Anderson County continues to be very, very fortunate to have a guy like Rusty uh, leading the county. Uh, he loves this county. 
He loves what's going on here, and he loves the people and the events and really has a passion for what he does, and we appreciate all he does as administrator. I don't want to forget some other things that happened this year. Um, the growth of theater in our area. I mentioned the first Shakespeare in the Park, uh, the theater festival. Also, the continued good work of the Electric City Playhouse and the Milltown Players that continue to grow, and the productions at Anderson University make us a you know, a real place. Those cultural events are really important for industrial recruitment and also just quality of life issues here. And also, like every year, um, we did lose some good folks in 2015. I can't begin to list all the folks we lost here that were important to this community. But I did want to mention, too, that I knew very well personally and really expressed the, how much they meant to this community. The first is Alan Bollett, who for many years was responsible for food operations at the Haven Arrest, including the big holiday meals, which he organized and cooked and did a little bit of everything. And Anderson orthodontist uh, Ralph Harden is the other one I want to talk about. I knew both of these men well, and both of them gave so much of their lives and time to this community, and we really appreciate it. Alan made sure that the Haven and most of our other food pantries in Anderson were never low on food. Uh, he did everything he could to make sure that he fostered a spirit of sharing among the nonprofits, which is rare in any community and has really grown better and better in this community, and he was a big part of that. He made sure that uh, anybody who was in need had had help. I, I know personally I asked him several times to help people, and he would load up his truck and bring food to them and help them out. He was generous and kind and a good friend, and we really miss Alan. Ralph Harden was not only the most personable orthodontist in Anderson, great smile, a lot of fun, but he was a very generous man with a big heart and always giving. Not only did he support a lot of the local charities financially and in other ways, he quietly gave of his time to help a lot of children with serious medical needs by donating that time and cooperating with other doctors. I know he worked with uh, Terry Holders out at Bearwood and some children who had very severe hair lip problems and other things, and Ralph would donate his time. And I knew that uh, Ralph had always doing something for folks. I've known him a long time, and his place in this community is just something that won't be easy to fill because he, he filled such an important role. Um, I really appreciate all Ralph did, and, and, and I know you want to, if you see his family, that's a fairly recent death. You might want to express your, your, your uh, gratitude for all Ralph did to them. Well, speaking of hard to replace, I want to finish up the podcast here on Anderson Observer, news from people you trust. With something else Anderson lost this year, sadly, the community lost its only local FM radio station. Our WRIX was a tradition, and after being a staple in this community for more than four decades, the station was changed, uh, even the call letters changed and moved out of Anderson in the early spring, and WRIX is no more. Um, it's, it's a real hole in the market. I run into people, as I mentioned all the time, you'll hear this in the interview, that uh, every day I ran to somebody at the grocery store, uh, 87 years old, Miss Cantrell, said that she'd turned her radio off when the morning show went off and had not turned it back on, and that was in February, folks. I was a part of that morning show at WRX for the last two years, and along with Allie Haley, we were building a really strong station, plugging into this community in ways that really had never been done before over the years, plugging into all different places. So my co-host was Allie Haley, and the morning show with Greg and Allie, we, we were on there for about two years, and a lot of things happened, and a lot of people have asked us what happened, and we've never had a chance to discuss that publicly. So this week, we decided it was a good time, as we did our year-end review, to at least lay out the facts about what happened at WRX and what our plans for are to try to bring a potential uh, local radio back to Anderson in the future. We're doing our year-end review podcast, and it would not be complete without the biggest story of February, which was the death 
of the morning show with Greg and Allie. Oh. <laughs> and I've got Allie here. Hey, Allie. Hey, Greg. Uh, we still get people. I was out. I told you the other day I was out shopping. And, and, and I mean, I'm talking about, I mean, the other day, I mean, like right before Christmas, 10 people that two of them I barely knew. The others I didn't know at all. We missed the show. Mm-hmm. You know, I the it's been thing. since February. I mean, it's 10 months and people still, uh, Anderson County Administrator Rusty Burns was telling me, man, there's just nowhere to go. Uh, the emergency management people, the sheriff, they, they all just say, we've got no way to get the word out anymore. And there's nobody talking about what's going on in Anderson anymore. Yeah, it's really, really sad. And I get the same thing. And it's funny because I guess it really speaks to the deep roots of that station and in particular that show, mm-hmm. um, just how deeply entwined in the fabric of Anderson it is. Because, I mean, I've worked at radio stations forever. And I never, I mean, when, when I was at the radio station in Clemson, I mean, we had a morning show that was one of the most popular shows in the upstate. And when it went off the air, there was this huge uproar for like three days. And then, it, and then everyone kind of moved on, you know. And so very few people were just, you know, intimately attached to um, that morning show. And yet it seems so much, not so much you... Uh, and I, as much as it is, the show is an entity in and of itself. And I'm telling you, I really miss it. I thought that, um, you know, I would kind of be over that grieving process at this point. And yet I find that, you know, I still, I mean, I still wake up at 420 every morning. I mean, I don't have to, but at 420, I'm like, pink. And then I realize that I don't have to get up. Well, we haven't revisited this really on the podcast, but I want to, because I, we both, and this is not to 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 make us sound like some grand people. It's just it's in our fabric. We had too much integrity to do this on the air before we yes. left. We were still working for for Urban Broadcasting at the time, and we weren't going to go on there and and really just you know spell out the ABCs of what happened because it just would not have been an honorable thing for us to do. It wasn't what the show was about, one who we were about. But I think we're going to do some of that now, and I think it's important that people understand that a number of things were misrepresented all around. And that the show, this is something a lot of people I run into, and they start asking me, you know, about, you know, how's it doing? I said, for the first time, probably since Matt and Bev left, it was showing up on ratings books. And mm-hmm. the morning show had found its stride. We had national national advertisers suddenly want to line up for the morning show. All these things were that, that we had been asked to do. We were asked, Allie and I had never met, we were asked to come in and save the morning show. Tom Urban, uh, I knew his mother, worked with Louise, um, wonderful person, never misrepresented anything, so I just sort of get, pushed that over to Tom. But we were asked to basically revive a flagging franchise, and it took a lot of time. And we, you and I both put together very detailed business plans to save both RX, AM and FM, and WANS, and one, the first one was approved and then just let die on the vine. So our commitment was we were here to save the station, you know, and so that's what we put our energies in. and part of that worked against us because we weren't paying attention to all that was going on around yeah. us. But we were we were assured that um, if the station weren't for sale, we would be given first shot at it, and we had local business people lined up ready to buy it, uh, and yet we were told repeatedly as late as November. And when I say with the owner, repeatedly, I mean eye to eye across the table. And having, when we asked specifically that question, and we're told in the negative, assuredly, no, the station is not for sale. Because right. you know, the one thing, Greg, that you uh, you and I share is is um, 
an integrity to our audience. I mean, we always felt like we had an obligation to to be truthful to the audience, and and sometimes that was painful because in you know in fact checking, nope, what you said wasn't right. I mean, but we felt like that was important, right. you know, and so. I think part of the pain for me when when things happen the way they did is that we were blindsided, but because of the situation, we couldn't, it almost looked like we, our integrity was being, you know what I'm yeah, saying? I, felt like we, I think we passed that test well. I, I think so. We finished just, the show strong. We hit. We had a week or two there when it was announced that we were. We felt like we were doing a funeral every morning for three hours. I, you know, it would be interesting, and if, if people are listening, it'd be interesting to uh, comment um, on the AndersonObserver.com. Did you sense? I wonder if listeners sense that because that first week or so we were just like really. Because one thing I know about radio is a lot of times how you feel in the studio is not what's projected across the airwaves. I mean, there's a, a huge gap there. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was definitely a week there where, I mean, <laughs> like well, literally. We literally, after about a week and a half, or maybe about a little over a week, after one of the shows, we we sat down in the office and we said, we can't do this. We've got to enjoy this show. Yep. Keep it running as long as we can, you know, have as much fun as we can and keep it going like it is. And uh, we did. I mean, we were just like, we just flipped the switch and said, this was fun. Well, this, yeah, this is and, great. This is what we're here to do. And that's we're the in. whole thing is that... Um, you know, in in reflecting on the show, it was fun. Even, I mean, you know, you have ups and downs in everything you do. And there were days when we'd come in and maybe I hadn't slept or, you know, maybe whatever the yeah. reasons were. And, and you just, and the whole way there, I'm like, oh, my God. I, just want to I want to put a pause real quick and make sure I'm making one thing clear. When I say we're talking about reviving franchise, I'm not. I'm not in any way. Pork Chop did an. Un, Pork yeah, Chop kept important. the station open for 15 years. Oh my gosh! Basically, on his own. With blood, sweat, and tears. And, and Bale and Wire and very little money. He yeah. did a phenomenal job. He had little to no support at all, and he kept the thing going. I mean, and and John Wilson did a good job. I'm not talking. I'm just saying that because of just the change in culture and the change in radio and everything else. And the fact that you and I kind of came at things from different, and, and bringing a partner team back in, they hadn't had two, a really a partnership. Although you know George and Portshop did a little while, but back to the Matt and Bev, we're very different than Matt and Bev. But it was still a man and a woman bringing two different perspectives in on a morning show, and coming at it from both coming at it from being generations deep in Anderson, but at the same, which was not true of the people who had preceded us, and also having a you know a female perspective, a male perspective, and coming at it from different places. With a very, and it's, it's amazing, and we've talked about this before. You and I have, Ali, that not having ever met, that how quickly the yeah, that we hit our stride. You know, that's great. I mean, I mean, literally, that's unheard people of. who worked with together a long time don't usually get that. But we hit our stride, and we kind of we were finishing each other's sentences after a month. And I'm glad you mentioned that because I, I do think that's important. Um, Those people did amazing work under very difficult circumstances with almost paved, with no money, and they paved the way for Greg and I to come in. And really, in a short amount of time, um, solidify the morning show. You know, I mean, without all of that right. back work, um, because again, it was, you know, obviously, as Craig just mentioned, I mean, we literally met and we're told the next Monday we'd be doing a show together. I mean, that's not the way you do things no. in radio. No. I mean, but the Pork Chop did a phenomenal, yeah. I mean, he kept, I mean, he, he kept basically four stations running, you know. Uh, with three stations running, and if you if you listen to Port, Ch- and matter of fact, he kept the audience there that we were able to start. Yes, when that's we started, what I'm saying. we didn't have to start from zero because. Mm-hmm. And I wrote a story about him in the Observer. If you want to go back and search the Observer and read it, I mean, it was. 
I can't say enough good things about how hard he worked and, and what he did because if you ever listen back, they were talking about wish we had tapes of everything. They never really kept anything. Mm-hmm. Um, if you listen to a, a lot of pork chops stuff in the last couple of years, you'll hear him let people think, man, he's letting them talk a long time. It's because he was running two other stations while right. he tried to be on there. I can't imagine. We never had to do that. Nope. And we had a lot of responsibilities, but that was never. But anyway, back to that. The, 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 by the time, by the end of the year, we had national advertisers ready to line up. We had a, the station was in the black and we were headed in the right direction. We had done, and I lost, I, I, honestly, I can't tell you exactly how many business plans and vision plans we did. Uh, we had one meeting in October of the first year that we were going to do a classic country station and we're going to keep the morning show and then plug in a couple more local talk, maybe in the afternoon or noontime and play classic country. You know, And that was unanim- unanimous unanimously decided on by owner. the staff and the owner in a very long meeting, everyone agreed to it. Everyone was given responsibilities with a timeline. Mm-hmm. In order, Which we put together. Yes, in order to make that happen. And everyone went about their business doing what they were supposed to do in order to implement that plan. And then the legs were taken out from under us when the owner said, no, I don't think I want to do that. Right. Um, and that happened over and over again. Which, you know, Greg, in hindsight, I don't know why we were... Um, taken aback when he sold the station out from under us because he had done things like that, you right. know, pretty consistently through the time we were there. Um, but I really, I guess, you know, I, I think it's what, great what you said a minute ago. You know, you and I were very focused on the show and making the show as good as it can be, and which made the station profitable. It was the, it, but it, but any we, station, if their morning show is not going to make in the black, nothing's going to be in right. The black. Well, everything starts with the morning show, but we very much had tunnel vision, and so maybe we didn't notice cues and signs going on around us. But the day that um, that Mr. Irving came in with with the new ownership in December. Um, of last year, um, I, August to goodness had no earth. I mean, we had three weeks prior been assured face to face that the station was not for sale right. and that we could move forward with this new plan mm-hmm. with the new format and that the time, effort and energy that we put into it would be, um, you know, rewarded with a new format, a new station, blah, blah, blah. So, I was just taken aback. I mean, I I don't know in all of my years of being employed that I have ever felt so blindsided by anything. Right. Ever. Right. Well, that that happened, and so we had to deal with that. And then when there was some uncertainty, we made overtures to the new owners to lease us space on WNS, and that was you know rejected outright. And the the new ownership came in and. Uh, made public statements in several media outlets. They're going to keep it local, keep everything local. And then the first month they moved it to Powdersville. I mean, most Piedmont. I mean, whatever you know. So it, it's 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 not local anymore. You know, um, and uh, so I, I don't want this in any way. I, the, if there was a lot of anger and, and stuff early on, I'm kind of over that. I'm not really yeah, mad. No, I'm not I, bitter. I'm not bitter at all. No, I, don't I, any, just, honestly, I just honestly, I just a chance to say, let people know, kind of. You know, we didn't give this thing up, I and mean, we still haven't given it up. We've been trying every nook and cranny to figure out a way to get back on the air and still haven't given up trying. Before we started recording this, Allie and I were just kind of going over some strategies to see what we could do to uh, work I our think... way back onto the air. And, I, it, it, again, people, not just people in restaurants, but the people who would regularly say, hey, we need to come on and talk about. Well, I was thinking today, I'm, I'm driving to Greenville this morning at 7 o'clock, and it is like a monsoon hurricane. There is water ponding on I-85. I mean, 
on I-85. And I'm thinking to myself, first of all, this is very hazardous conditions. Um, Obviously, there are people in outlying areas that probably have flooding. I mean, this is where we need a, a local show in Anderson to talk about that. How many times did we have callers that called in with valuable information mm-hmm. for people. I mean, we had the one um, situation when we had the bitter freezing cold and a water main broke down. You remember the water right. guy yep. came in? I mean, knocked on the door at the station yep. to come tell us about it. Yep. Those are the Taylor things. Taylor Jones would come on and say, "Yeah, here's what's coming. We know this is going to happen. And he was, boy, his weather forecast. He needs to have. I know. I mean, the one thing, Anderson, people don't recognize this, I don't think. And I, I've thought about it a lot, obviously, because, but, uh, Greenville and Spartanburg both have a television station. Right. So when something local is happening immediately, they can break in on programming and stuff. But people that are at least home with a TV, Anderson does not. No, you There's rely nothing, on the There Greenville is no local, you know, live uh, broadcast media outlet here. And then I was thinking also, I mean, so many times since February, I thought, oh my gosh, I wish we had a morning show because I want to talk about that. Um, you know. Um, T.L. Hannah went on this incredible run this year. At, I mean, what a turnaround for a football program, you know? And Westside's been revived, and too. And West, those two programs in literally, I mean, less than 18 months mm-hmm. are phenomenal powerhouses, and there's nobody to talk about right. it, you know? I, I, so many things have happened. That well, Anderson, least, you know, and in, in, in to not have a broadcast outlet in light of the fact, I, earlier today I was talking to, to the administrator about this, Rusty Burns, about it, but do you realize we have more international businesses in Anderson County than any other county in the state? We have, like, more flags flying than, you know, anybody. And there's nobody here to tell any of that story. Yeah. It's just if we hope somebody in Channel 4 or somebody picks it up and goes with it, but there's no... That's still, though, it's a day late and dollar short. It's well, not it's also, not live when it's happening. Uh, people can't call in and say, hey, the power is out at Centerville School. Mm-hmm. That's not going to do anybody any good to call Channel 4 that might... You know, kids are already there. If you're on your way, you can turn around and go home. Yeah, it's just, it's all, that's what radio has always been. And it's the reason why um, local communities were granted radio stations by the FCC so that, mm-hmm. so that they could serve the local community. And I really, I mean, it, you know, take, take the me out of the equation, take you out of the equation. I mean, I miss it personally. I mean, I, mm-hmm. you know. Um, oh, I listened to it long before I was on there. Yeah. I listened to everybody who's, who's I did too. Because it was local. Even if, if it was, it, because it was local, it, and I didn't listen to anything, when there were breaks and we're talking about local things, I wanted to hear it. But the other question that keeps coming up, and I think we probably need answers, you know more about radio and that kind of stuff than I do, the actual business of it. The other question I get every time somebody's talking, why don't you just apply for a new license at a new station here? Just the cost is just... Well, it... it you can't just apply for a new license. Right. I mean, um, the FCC... There is a need here now, though, obviously, because... Yeah, I, well, I mean, um, you can make a case that there is a need. Mm-hmm. Um, and But making a case with the FCC is very much like making a case with the IRS. I mean, it, mm-hmm. you know, you're talking about big government bureaucracy. What the FCC does is it looks at areas and it decides if there is a need in that area. Well... Technically, 103.1 um, is still an Anderson station. It mm-hmm. is licensed to Anderson. It's city grade signal is Anderson. Um, where you get into so so that would, the FCC would say, well, Anderson has a station. So then you would have to prove to them that that station is not serving the needs of Anderson, and that's right. a difficult thing to do because. Really, to be honest with you, the FCC you don't have to do a lot 
to to cover it. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you know, if if you did a public service announcement once a quarter, you you check that part off. Right. You know? It's not so, like it used to be when early days of radio, when I got into it the first time, you well, had to keep a log and make justify your reason. I mean, for your... it's it's still that way to a certain extent, but back then as, they took it seriously. Yes, and because you know that's why there used to be so much local programming on radio back in the '60s and '70s. You had to. You had to have you it, had to. and television did too at the time. Yeah, I mean, literally, when I started in radio, you had to have a license right. to operate a board. I oh, mean, you I, had to have an FCC license. I, yeah, I had an FCC license when I was 16. I had to yeah. take a test. It was a hard test. Mm-hmm. And now like, you, you know... You, you just say, I want to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know. So, it, it's... I mean, it would be a difficult thing. And I expensive. Think. And the FCC attorneys are very expensive. We've had that discussion. And, you know, there aren't any uh, construction permits up anywhere in the area right now. I mean, the most recent one that was sold was in the Pendleton area. Right. Um, so, it's, you know... Radio is a dying breed. Right. Um, the only radio stations that will survive in the next 10 years are the ones that are um, live local. That, those are the only ones. Right. Because um, if you listen to the big radio stations in Greenville, and, and many of them have, have live morning shows, but many of those live morning shows are piped in from somewhere else. Right. Um, but you, it's, it's pre-programmed. It's, you know, there's one person pushing buttons for 18 stations. So that was what was unique And it's more about, music even then than right. talk. So that was what was unique, in my opinion, about WRIX is that, I mean, you could, we would do the morning show and leave, and then I would run into people at the grocery store that I just talked to on the radio. Right. Um, and that sense of community was what... And talk meant talk. Mm-hmm. We, we, we played bumper music, but we didn't sit and play entire songs. And, and, and what I was, the point I was going to make earlier, uh, and it sounds really silly, um, but I really enjoyed doing it. And mm-hmm. so... I'm not bitter. I mean, I've moved on, and and right. but I miss it. I miss it very much personally beyond the um, knowing what a hole in the community we have now. But just because I enjoyed it, I yeah. enjoyed coming in. You know, we would laugh. I mean, and during breaks, I mean, and Tiffany and her spelling, and I mean, it just <laughs> it was fun. You know, I mean, we had a good time, and so. Um, well, anybody that had. Anything going on that had anything good to do with the community was always welcome. Mm-hmm. We never said no to a single person that wanted to come on the whole time we were on here. Almost two years, we never told somebody, no, can't come on, we don't have time for you. And, and a lot of times we would make people that, how long have you been planning this? Oh, about six months. Why don't you call me it's tomorrow? You know, Because then they're going, why didn't anybody show up? Well, you came the day before. You could have asked us, you know, we'd be glad to have you on multiple times. You know, and some people, we did. Some people we knew an event was coming. You come on now, come on, remind them again closer to the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's just not a place for that now. And I do know, even even uh, talking to the county, and I know they're trying to ramp up a new charter TV station, but if you don't have charter, and I don't know how many people in Anderson do, but it's not the majority. Mm-mm. No, the penetration's not great in Anderson. But it's, I mean, it's better than nothing, but they're yeah. back to that. But but uh, they're like, there's just nowhere to get the information, the, the stuff out quickly if we need to. Well, and oh my gosh, I swear, I just, I about drive off the road sometimes because there's so much going on that I want to talk about. Yeah. I mean... And I want to hear other people's opinions on it, you know. Um, and I keep in contact with RT. Um, you know, we, we'll Facebook back and forth a little bit. Um, and I just, things happen. And whether I agreed with callers or not, I always found it incredibly interesting to hear their thoughts on it, you know. Well, I still hear from a lot of listeners that, you know, on social media. And matter of fact, one of our listeners posted something on Facebook, one of our last shows or something, a picture. There's like 200 and something people responded. I mean, this has been... Ten months, you know. Yeah. 
but it is it is a uh, that was one where it looked like I was playing the piano. What was I doing? Uh, you were. <laughs> I was like doing my hand signals because yeah, I can't talk secret, without yeah, my was, hands. Well, and, and we and this is kind of silly, but I miss it too because uh, and this is just from a pure standpoint of the fun part of it because it was fun. It was a and I think. You know, when you're anybody that enjoys anything they're doing, we're at the library recording this. It's a nice, quiet place. Some of these people out here, you start talking about they love books so much. It's just fun to engage with these people. The people who called in like to engage. We enjoyed engaging. And I have to admit that, uh, and I told you this right before we went on, um, when Donald Trump announced for president, I said, Are you kidding me? We're not on the air. Are you kidding me? I mean, <laughs> it's, the, it's the one time, even though it's not a local thing, it's oh, the one well, thing please. I just thought. I mean, we and wouldn't... we also missed, we missed the biggest news story of the year with the shooting in Charleston, the Confederate flag. And I think people would really have enjoyed our take. We, would have, we came in from different places. We did. We but did. it would have been fun. We did a lot of things. That's the one mm-hmm. thing people, and I think that's one of the things that, that people enjoyed about the show because um, even as far back as Matt and Bev, Matt would just let Bev talk, oh, whatever, Bev. But you, know, but you and I would engage, not yeah. angry, but we'd just discuss things. And, yeah. we, and we didn't have to make each other agree. We just said, well, that's the two different sides of it, which I think helped uh, broaden I don't, our audience to a, a lot of people had never listened to the morning show, started listening. And we were getting a lot of the old folks that, that listened, and, and they were great. I mean, we, you know, we went to, to the funeral, and, you know, we went, we, we visited a lot of people and went and got to see people so that. That was a great, and we brought in a, a very, a very new audience of people who and were listening. Audience, and the, one of the ways we knew that is they were listening to the streaming mm-hmm. online, and people at the college were talking about it all the time. The guy used to call him from Clemson University all the time, retired professor. People up there were listening, so it had really, you know, reached beyond just because really regionally nobody's doing what we did on the morning show in terms of really talking about local issues. They're clowning around, which is fun. We clowned around, and we mm-hmm. made jokes and stuff, but they actually talking to people who were doing things. And it's the idea that, you know, and one of the reasons I was interested in doing the show, even before I knew what it was going to be, was started The Observer because I wanted to be an advocate for anybody doing anything good in Anderson County, and that was what we took into the show. So if you're doing something, yeah, you're welcome. Come on. Let's talk about it. You know, come by. And sometimes we had to chase them. I know some of the people you knew were doing good stuff. Y'all come down here and tell people about it. Because mm-hmm. they'd send out an email and think everybody should know. You'd get them on the radio. And some think I mean, we had events that uh, even like from a business standpoint, when Cross Country did a hiring event, they put a $3,000 ad in the paper and got zero calls. And she was on that morning. They had like 300 and something people show up. Mm-hmm. After that, you know, so I mean, it was it was it was reaching people that were riding around. And radio is a very personal, unlike television, your mind does it have to engage on some other level. You know, the audio you have to think about what are they talking about, and it rolls around in your brain rather than just vegging out and letting the audio, the signal, the visuals overpower the 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 the, the, the vocals and the audio. Well, and I think um, you know we had a good balance too because. Obviously, you have a lot of contacts with the county and the administrative components. And so, um, and people need, I think the one thing that's happened in our society, it used to be that, um, you know, I mean, I remember my grandparents were very involved in county politics. You know, it it was a big, big deal. Um, And I think there's been really a disconnect from, the electronic age and all of that. So to bring people back to the real decisions that are impacting the long-term success or failure of this community was very important to people. I mean, even my 17-year-old son, who quite frankly doesn't really care about, you know, whether or not a business is coming in, 
was a, found it interesting, I guess because I've never thought to have those conversations with them, mm -hmm. but I think that's an important thing that, that you particularly were able to bring to the table. Are, are well, those... We had state people on too, and one of the things, we were, we were always polite and always kind, we asked hard questions too. We didn't let people just off the hook, you know. Uh, I, trust me, if we were on the air, I would have been at the Trump, I'd have been at the Civic Center. I was there. Oh, I'd have been. Observer, oh, please. I'd he, have the been. first thing he did was pointed us and say, there's your enemies. I'm standing next to CNN and these other people, and we're just like, you know. Oh, I'd have been all up in his grill. I'd have had to, I mean, mm -hmm. I, I'd He'd have had you arrested, probably, but that'd okay. Well, that'd no, been awesome. because... That would have been even better. He wouldn't have had me arrested. I mean, I wouldn't have been... There were people sticking mics in his face. He kept threatening to have arrested. So... It's so funny, because the other night I was... Um, Adam and I were laying in the bed, and we were watching... I think it was a history town, and it was the Trump... You know, history has this Trump. Have you seen it? Mm -mm. It's like the story of Trump or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I'm like watching. I'm like, that's the Civic Center. That's my cousin Jake. <laughs> there was footage in wow. the history thing. Yeah. And it was my cousin Jake. I'm like, well, it is. It is heading just from a completely uh, selfish standpoint. We are heading into one of the most interesting election cycles <sighs> anywhere. And, it's depressing. Uh, I got to be honest with you because when all of this started, what I, went to, I did, and right after we went off the air, when Lindsey Graham was in Greenville, he asked about it, and I said, well, "We're off the air." Because he would have come on, you know. Well, when all of this started, and there was like 17 Republican candidates, and I was like, okay, surely, surely. There's someone out of 27 people mm -hmm. that Allie can, can get behind, right? Mm -hmm. So, no, evidently there's not. I mean, I don't understand how you can have that many Well, Trey people. Gowdy's back in Rubio, which if you could ever get him in the same room, he would be the only guy that could uh, maybe not make fun of Donald Trump's hair. <laughs> yeah, well, he shouldn't. I mean, that's But, I mean, sure. that, there's a story that's being underreported, I think, that people who... Probably would have been Trump's. Suddenly they love Trey Gowdy. Now he's saying, no, I wouldn't vote for Trump. I'd vote for Rubio. You know, that's interesting. It'd be interesting to see if he can take anybody with him there. Well, I mean, look, I like Rubio. I just don't think it's Rubio's cycle. I mean, I, I think Rubio... Well, Trump, Trump will... If Trump will deliver a McGovern kind of election, he'll win two or three states, and it'll look like Nixon beating McGovern in 72. It'll be the most... And he, he potentially... And I know people say this in this overstating. He potentially could kill the Republican Party because he'll be a one-termer. And Congress will flip because people will be so upset and, and they'll be, see what a train wreck it is that you, suddenly you're going to end up with another eight years. I'm just saying if you're in the GOP now, you're going to end up with another eight years well, and a Democratic Congress because of Trump has destroyed well, I mean, them. You know, obviously the GOP does not want Trump. I mean, no, you know, kind of, I mean, and, you know, you think about percentages. I felt like we're doing the show again now. But the if you look at the percentages of all the 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 standard candidates, as they drop out, those percentages don't go to Trump. No, they don't. So somebody's going to pick up the, and it may be Cruz, and I'm not a big fan of Cruz either, but. Uh, well, but I think. And then we got Anderson County Council's got elections again next year. I mean, there's elections everywhere coming along. Uh, there are so the many. Sheriff is, the, the sheriff election is going to be very interesting. It's going to be, although Anderson. the more people that run, the better it's going to be for, for the Skipper. Yeah. yeah. And um, I, I personally think Skipper's done a good job. I think his. I think it's going to be very difficult to unseat Skipper. I really do. His um, heart for his people and his his impassioned speech to council about raises. I think it, it, they need to listen to that. Now I know, you know, th th there's all sorts of other things going on in the county, and people are trying. You know, the, well, the, this is where the, I think our solicitor. There's some. Well, I think this is where there's that. a hole for our show because I think it's worth having a discussion. Um, I mean, I, there is no doubt. I don't know the statistics. Um, 
before doing a show, I would expect for you to have them, obviously, because <laughs> that's what you did. Um, but obviously crime is on the rise. Now, I think right. crime is on the rise everywhere, and there's, I think, a m multiple reasons for that. But... We're the 73rd, you saw my story I in the saw Observer. that in the Observer. The most violent, 73rd most violent city in America. I think that there are some underlying issues Accounting, going on that need to be talked about that are undue blame is being placed on Skipper. And I'm not, look, I, I like Skipper personally. I'm not mm. saying that I would, but I don't know. I haven't made any decisions on that yet. But I do think um, when you talk, especially to the, the foot soldiers, the, the, the deputies that are out there on the beat 12 hours a day, doing the hard work, doing the detective work, making the bus, making the arrests, their frustration level at the prosecutorial side of things right. is very high. There doesn't seem to be a big, and again... Well, the sheriff told us that on the air. He said, you know, he had guys awaiting first uh, offense on five different uh, burglaries. And right. And I think that's a huge, I think that's a huge issue. But I, I think where, again, where I think it would be important for us to have a morning show to talk about is, all right, let's really dial down into what that is, because is it Skipper, or is, is it a a bunch of stuff that's coming together? That the solicitor's office. I mean, mm -hmm. but you know, the other part of that is, and those people have nowhere to go now to get their message out. The people running, so they've got to buy advertising because the independent. And I work for the independent. And people, I've told people this back before. Back when I was editorial page editor and an independent, our circulation was forty eight thousand. It's about sixteen now. People don't subscribe. People don't read. No, and those and people are all in Hartwell. <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, it really, and it's it's not. I'm not saying. There's not a causal effect that it's gotten terrible. I'm just saying people don't are not buying paper papers anymore. No, they're not. And it's online. And if you take that that little audience, and let's say you know they do multiples, it's read by this many people, so they're saying they hand it around. Let's just say two people a day. It's probably more like two than six, like that. Right. So you got thirty-two thousand people covered. That's not much, much of the county if they're actually reading through it. Uh, you know, I'm hitting about five thousand a day, a little more really. Actually, I'm hitting more than that because I'm getting about fifty something a week, about ten thousand. 7,000 a day or whatever. and But that's online, and I can track what they're looking at. That's still not that very many people either, you know? Right. And those are probably, just like the independent, those are the same 16,000 people. Mine are about the same nine or 10,000 people every day, too. They're going to come to the Observer. They're going to look. If I went and drove down to their IPs, it'd be the same people reading it right. every day. So you've got, between me and them, that's 26,000 people, and the county's got 200,000. There's nowhere else for people to get information. Mm -hmm. um, and I know people, I'm on website, I'm on Facebook, but those don't carry any sort of authority when you could bring in, you know, the, the candidates. There's nobody to do debates this time. We, I mean, we were already talking about, we had already put some plans in place for this this year coming to start planning debates and public forums and those kind of things. Uh, you've got the, uh, I mean, for whatever anybody thinks about how it'll go, but you've got, you know, the CEO of the United Way running against Kevin Bryant. I mean, they're two pretty high-profile people, articulate, nice folks. I like both of them. It'd be good to have. They'd love to be them. They got nowhere to go. They have to have post their own, you know, forum. So with an election year coming, it highlights the hole in this market for not having a, a local broadcast outlet of any kind. Uh, and and I say that I don't, I don't want. I don't want. I don't want people to think I'm blind to this. I, I realize WAM has an AM morning show. Yeah, twelve thirty. It, but it, it, it has a it has a very different um, vision and approach. He's doing what he wants to do. It's his station. He should. And he's and, been very good. And, at it. and he's very good at doing mm -hmm. what he does. But it's not what we did, you know. Mm -hmm. and, and, and it's not. And he doesn't. 
he did not only doesn't want to obviously because he doesn't but he didn't ever do what we we did and we didn't and also it's an am and it's a weak, weaker signal ans that we've tried to even with the translator we've tried to buy is a much more powerful signal i think it if, if i looked right on, on on the line it's five times or it's a signal of the ans am if it's up to full capacity is running at five and he's running at one i think so it's five times the signal yeah and the translator which is 1077 um and you and would reach most of the county it would reach all of the county. Pendleton really strong the south end of the county is a little and you lose it when you get to the powdersville area it's, right it's more sketchy in the powdersville right. area I, bleeding over yeah i lose it right about 153 right. so i mean you know and whereas rx we were getting killer signal all the way to right. and, and Powersville, that part of the county is a big, big, growing part of the county for sure. Um, I think this coming year, um, locally and nationally, um, is just hugely important. These elections are so important. And I think and it's important that people be able to um, articulate what they think and have conversations in order to make appropriate choices because I think I believe, especially on the national, that, that this election will, without a doubt, change drastically the future of this country. I agree. I mean, and, and so I think that people to be able to have the ability to talk through issues, to learn things. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that I learned in the course of doing the show questions that callers that then we would need to research or things that you would bring up that I hadn't heard of or maybe something that I brought up that you hadn't heard of that we would talk through and it makes you a more informed voter and I think part of the issue part of the reason we're where we're at is we have a lot of uninformed voters I agree. you know and since we're talking about why Greg and Al are so great right. <laughs> but, but I mean one of the things about that is it's interesting and, and it just was complete uh, again it's just one of the complete luck of the draw kind of things is between us, we cover a huge swath. You know a whole lot of people that I just don't don't know, and then I know a whole lot of people. It's amazing we know. we know the county as well as we do, and our people don't cross. But we, we've covered the it's whole. It's like thing. we were in like concentric bubbles because a little bit of it. Bizarro world and regular yes. world. I'm not sure which one of us is bizarro. I feel like I'm in bizarro world. No, it's definitely me in bizarro world. But you know the, sure. the, the the point though, and I want to kind of I don't we can just ramble on forever because this is what we did. It's for what we did two years. Yeah. But um, there is a growing group of folks in Anderson, I've been interviewing them a lot of them on the podcast, that are really wanting to make this place a better place to work and live and all this. And that's what we were. We were part of that group of people that, hey, we're on board with what y'all are doing, you know, and, and everything from, you know, the, the guys, you know, rebuilding downtown, starting with Bill Nickus, took a chance on Sullivan's 18 years ago when nobody wanted to, who's a big supporter of the show, uh, St you know, Steve Kay, and, and then now Jeff Waters, guys that are taking their own vision and their own money for downtown and spending it on downtown. Um, the, you know, everything from what's happening at Carolina Wren Senate Park to, um, uh, you know, of course, the AIM and, and Meals on Wheels and all this celebrated their 25th. We missed that. Mills and Wheels celebrates 40 next year. We miss that. Um, that there's a, a growing group of folks that are really probably for the first time coming together to say, hey, we can we can do some of these things. And I'm fixing to launch this one local dollar thing that I'll talk about more later. But um, we can do a lot. We've got a new chamber person here who's working really closely with everybody. It's the first time we've had that in a long time. But we've got a, unite, a more united effort. And we can't, we're not like Greenville. We never had... And, and I talked to the administrator, Rusty Burns, earlier in an interview about this. We, we didn't have Max Heller and, and, and Bill Workman who could have the money and the muscle and the political clout doing anything they wanted to. But what we do have in some ways 
is almost better. We've got a couple hundred people. So if one of them drops out, you still got 199 people moving mm-hmm. in that direction. And I think Anderson is getting, you know, for all the, the things, it, it, it is more united um, politically in some ways. I mean, county council is more efficient than they've been since I've covered them since the 80s. I mean, they, they, the meetings are quick and they get stuff done and they've, they've not raised taxes and they've improved services and they've had vision for this new industrial park is going to be a game changer for this county. And, um, well, so always- we were a part of, we were another piece of that little piece of that puzzle that there's not a good way to, to do that. And, we, and Ali and I, we, we have talked about all the options. I mean, we could stream online, but I just don't know how many people we could follow. I think a lot more people would follow us than we think, but I'm not sure how many advertisers would follow us. That's where, you know, we can't well, and, quit everything we're doing. And no, do we got to monetize it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and let's, let's make a point of it. Um, we, if we had been, um, if we had owned the station, then we could have done something because we were about to start making. But when we were working there, we weren't making any money. This, it well, was a part-time. I, we both had to work other jobs to. And I want to, um, and, and I guess we probably need to, to wrap it up at some point. But I do want to take a moment, too, because I agree with everything you just said. You know, the one thing, the shared thing that I think was um, kind of the bind, because we didn't always agree on everything. And then some right. things we agreed on, which we were like, we agree on. I know, really. So that was even more fun sometimes. I mean, um, but it was the love of this community, right. you know, and, and wanting this community to prosper and for people to be happy and healthy and, and really, you know, a great place. I always felt like this was the greatest place to grow up for mm-hmm. me and to preserve that for right. future generations. And you and I had that same hope. And, and so we went at the morning show like, okay, well, we both feel that way. So what can we do to help facilitate that in this role? And, and so that was where a lot of what we did came from. Well, you know? What you're saying is interesting because, I, like I said, I interviewed Rusty Burns about the end of the year, and one of the points he made really fits to kind of what we're saying. He was talking about, we're talking about how good, what a good job Burris Nelson done he got in Belmont. But he said, you know, he's from here. He said, if you take two people with the same skill sets and the same abilities and the same connections, and one of them's from here and one of them's not, the one that's from here is going to do a lot more. Yeah, absolutely. And, 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 I mean, there's just nothing you can do about that. If you're a native, then you don't have to say... Uh, Leo Bailey, what are you talking about? You know, right. I mean, you, you, we know exactly what you're talking about, or we know what you're saying when you get under the or see or Sears used to be. Uh-huh. got the old people giving directions. We are the old people yeah. giving directions now. And I think but we know, can talk about the the Christmas tree on the corner of Sears there. Well, and, and some and, of and the some, greatest shows, if you think about it, for me, I you know, and it would be hard to really kind of um, you know put a cap on any of them in a bottle. If we had but, to do over, we should have kept but, the show, especially the last show. I wish we had a tape of the last show. But the show where and we just blindly walked into it where we started talking about the businesses that were in downtown Anderson in the 60s in the 60s that show was just because you know you don't think about that every day you know what I'm saying and and then we had Thomas calling in and I mean you know it was just amazing and to have the freedom to to one day really you know maybe we had to dial down and have a very serious conversation about how yucky our water was and who I was going to kill over that (laughs) But the next day to turn around and have this nostalgic program where people could call in, and that was just amazing to me. You told me one time, what's the ratio to callers, to listeners? Is there a ratio? You told me there was some vague... There's, there's not really a ratio, but you always have a this... It's called your phantom listener, and right. it's 10 to 1. Okay. Um, people that listen and never call. Okay. And it's probably more than that in, a, uh, in our particular case because we didn't... 
you know, one of the formulas in radio is to make people call so you say something outrageous right. that's going to just We didn't do much fire of that. We very rarely up. did that. No, Unless it was in the so, news and we were talking about right, it. Right, but, but that wasn't part of our design. And right. So we didn't, the people that called wanted to call, but it wasn't, I never felt like you had to call to be a participant in the show. You could listen and still feel like you were a participant. And we were working with basically a single phone line to call in anymore. We didn't yeah. have we didn't have the no equipment. Network. We were using old equipment and old but that one morning when I asked that that one morning was one of the mornings I remember the phones just blew up and Tiffany's well, trying we to figure started because I kept every single every day I kept, you know, a list of our advertisers right. and then a list of our yeah, callers. I kept the callers things too. And um so when we started we would have three or four. Right. You know, the first couple of weeks that we were there. And it slowly built and by the time the show ended on an average day, we would have 30 callers. Right. On a day where we really hit something that people wanted to talk about, we'd have 50 callers. And then they were calling us when we got off the air because they couldn't get through. Yeah. They were on a hold yeah. up there. From... So, and, and I always thought the show was better when there were a ton of callers. You know, it was. Um, with a ton of different um Yeah, those mornings when school was out and people were yeah. sleeping in. That first hour... Yeah, yeah. Like that. that first hour was, you could have said anything and said, well, they dropped the nuclear bombs. Y'all might want to call and ask us where the shelters are, and it just, no, nobody's going to call. Nobody. Uh-uh. But, uh, Honey, Greg said they dropped the bomb yeah. somewhere. The That 7.30 to, 6.30 to 7 slot was always an interesting mm-hmm. one, because you had several people that almost always called. We had RT, who yeah. would get lined up at about 6.20 right. and then complain about the, um, uh, whatever national anthem right. we played, right. invariably. Right. Um and then typically we had a Ralph driver who we lost yep. this year. He yep. would a lot of times call during during that time. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had Gamecock Will mm-hmm. who would call. Mm-hmm. And then you know about once a month in the nine o'clock hour we had Lynn that would right. grace us with her presence. Right. So, yeah, a lot of fun. A lot of a lot regulars. Of I mean, we just start naming them, you know. But they uh, it uh, and people is funny because when we would have like lunches at Slosky's and stuff. You get the widest group of people there. And, you know, we got, we got, uh, you know, we, we got, and, and I just mean this from a, from a, a spectrum, not, uh-huh. any, we had RT and then you had Harvard graduates sitting yeah. next to RT, you know? Uh-huh. So we sort of covered the spectrum. We there, did. Yeah. We did. You had a, a liberal Democrat sitting next to RT. Mm-hmm. And that was, a, uh, yeah, well, that was great. I think that it's, and that's why we would like to resurrect it in some right. form or fashion. Well, and I've, and I've said this before. My goal is to be the poor man's Wilton Hall. So I want to have a radio station. I've got a newspaper. Well, you're going to be the poor man's Wilton Hall. I'm, already, I'm the poor man already. Yes, that's fine. But I need, I need a radio station, and then we can do a, a, a we can broadcast live over YouTube or something. Yes, our and TV then you'll stations. have all three. I have covers. all three, and uh-huh. so um, we'll uh, see how that works out for it. Uh, but um, well, just to wrap things up, you had a good Christmas. Great Christmas, great year. It's been a good year, even though that year. happened. I mean, mm-hmm. I wish that 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 really, it it took a couple of months. I, I didn't. The podcast launched in May, so it really did take a couple of months to think. You know, what can I do to keep at least an hour or two a week? You know, and some weeks it's thirty minutes. Some weeks I told you Thanksgiving was three hours. Three hours. You're very thankful. So, so, yeah, it was like one of our morning shows without. But it, <laughs> but it was not me talking. It was eleven right. interviews, so it was different. But it is. Podcast is still a niche, though. I mean, 50-something hundred subscribers to the iTunes Plus, whoever listens to it on Android and online. That's a lot of people, but you're still missing right. people. It's not the same as getting your car and turn Not there yet. It will be. I think so, too. Uh, I don't know that you and I will be alive. and doing No, anything. but I think eventually there will be technology where you turn on your car and you select your podcast. I think you and I will be able to go. I think we'd actually be able to go into any office 
and the internet radio will, because they're already talking about digital, is, several countries have completely got rid of broadcast, saw digital, mm -hmm. and that means you can pick up anywhere, you don't have to worry about it. Once that's there, you and I could take a, a board anywhere, just a little small portable board, plug it into a laptop, and we're broadcasting live every morning again, right. we just, and people can just tune us right in. And, uh, and that, they may come quicker than we think. Who knows? I mean, because other things have popped up we didn't expect to happen. Mm -hmm. But right now, our goal, if you're interested in investing in a radio station, get in touch with one of us because we're going to be looking for, and I would love to see it crowdsourced investors. I don't care if, you know, somebody wants, if you can get, you know, if we could get 10,000 of our listeners to give 10 bucks, you know? Yeah, and we'd have it. We, we'd, mm -hmm. could, you know, I could come up with a rest because I think, I think it's going to probably take to get where we need to get. If, if they'll sell it, they're, the, the prices have been, Way Outrageous. out of market. Yeah, they, they've asked about triple market the f yeah. first few times, but don't sell it so because nobody else is going to buy it either. But we're looking at probably having to raise about two hundred thousand dollars to improve equipment. And to, we're looking at A and S with the FM training. Right, so we'd be on A and S, AM and FM if we can get uh -huh. our hands on it. And so that's one of our New Year's resolutions. It is. is we're going to keep working on it. I mean, I and and I think and we have some other backup ideas if that didn't work, and there may even be a point where Allie and I start doing a weekly podcast as well, just to, you know, kind of get y'all up to date on kind of some of that but it's still the caller thing the spontaneity of the callers we need uh, yeah so keep us in your thoughts and prayers and if anyone has any suggestions or if you just want to call up to those people in piedmont that own it and tell them that you know you want your local radio back um i think they need to hear that i, I really agree. do i agree and, and yeah just uh at least uh, we, we've talked about putting together a letter from local leadership asking. But mm -hmm. well, it's good to see Alan. I don't see each other. It's been months. We both are working so hard and doing other things. But it's, it's good to see you I again. I took a job in Greenville, and so I'm like on the road all the time. On the road all the time. But and, uh, so that's why I need to get back. Well, happy New Year! I know. It's happy New Year! You you we'll we'll do this family. more often, even if we don't. We'll have to, you know, have to kind of get together. So yeah, we'll do it. And Happy New Year to Anderson. I hope everyone has a prosperous New Year. A lot of good things coming this year. Yeah, a lot I think of good it's things. It's gonna be a great year. year. Oh, and the, we didn't mention the Christmas tree downtown. What do you think? It was nice, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, and they can make it even bigger if they want to. But it was a nice tree. Yeah, I thought it was. My kids are good. Tell them about the grandbaby, anyways. Yep, she's good. We had her second right. coronation uh, a couple weeks ago. Got her. Second anniversary of her coronation, <laughs> and that was good. Let and her crown out a little yes, bit. Yes, yes, and uh, she's growing and doing great. She's in daycare now, so she's sick all the time. But that just comes with the territory. But yeah, she's good. Adam doing good. He's good. Business good. Actually, it's been very good. We've been um. We've been really busy with gravel. Everybody needs gravel with oh. all this rain. Give, give them phone number. Free, free ad for um, Haley's. Yeah, go to our our Facebook page, uh, Haley's Landscaping, because I can't ever remember the phone number. Okay. So. Well, Facebook people are people listening to this are online already. Yes. So. Yes. So go there. But um, yeah, and give Adam a call, and we'll actually have spring specials coming out. I mean, we're we're getting ready to get into our busy times. So. Um, well, send him my best, and we're we're hoping you know. Um, to uh, pull everything back together. And if we do, we'll hopefully get a billboard up and let everybody know. I know, absolutely. Everyone have a good new year and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Al. And happy new year from the Anderson Observer Podcast. News from people you trust, that's about it for our final podcast of the year. This podcast has been made possible all year by Sullivan's at Brookstone, where you can get the same great Sullivan's Metropolitan Grill food lunch Wednesday through Sunday right out there at Brookstone. And it's the only place you can get Sunday Sullivan lunch. Don't forget that. They also have dinner Thursday through Saturday. No crowds. Beautiful place. It looks like Sullivan's Jr. out there at Brookstone Meadows. Bill Nickus has done more for this community than anybody will ever know, and we're lucky to have him. He's the first in line. He's the most generous guy, and he makes the best food. And as I said earlier, Sullivan's has always been recognized 
worldwide, literally, uh, from the Wall Street Journal to Southern Living to other places, one of the finest restaurants anywhere. People drive from all over to eat at Sullivan's. And if they knew about Brookstone and as they're learning about it, people will go downtown and go out to Brookstone. So we appreciate all Bill's done. Give them a visit and tell them Happy New Year from The Observer. Over the past eight months, I have tried to bring the best of what Anderson has to offer and putting in some news and analysis in addition to that. And I hope you have enjoyed it or at least found it informative and we'll tell other folks about it. The Anderson Observer Podcast, news from people you trust, is here just like the Anderson Observer newspaper every single day to advocate for anyone doing anything positive in our community. And if you're not already part of this movement, I hope you will make it your New Year's resolution to get out and join those who are working to make our home a better place. Happy New Year.